This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta and this hafta we are recording from the comforts of our respective homes. Uh, and that is because the last week on Thursday when we were in office uh we got news that one of our colleagues had tested positive and she had been in office on tuesday as had some of us and on thursday some of us were again there and that is the day we record nuisance and hafta and many other things and within two or three days we had about 10 people down with covid so we have taken a break from going to office we will be in office next monday we are recording this on thursday the 13th of jan at 3 pm from our homes and hopefully by then everybody will be fit and fine again Uh, in fact raman sir who is with us right now got covid for a second time hi sir how are you feeling now i am much better okay and i'll be there in the office on monday okay great so uh, before we get into the discussion let me introduce the panel to you today uh, joining us from singapore and i can see he has blue skies and he's wearing a t-shirt while we are shivering in delhi's cold is chetan bhagat hi chetan hi abhinandan i do miss the delhi winter believe it or not because it's always hot here right so uh, you're in singapore and uh, you have recently everyone knows who chetan bhagat is but if you don't he is a best selling novelist uh, he's a columnist he has a fortnightly column in the times of india he was also included in time magazine's list of world's 100 most influential people in 2010 uh, and most recently uh, he of course his latest novel is called 400 days and his latest performance is in decoupled where he has done some very funny scenes which i must say were very well executed chetan you have a new career as an actor yeah it's kind of late i wish i had realized this potential but people have been appreciating it was a special appearance and uh, manu is a friend so he said i've written a show in which you play yourself so i went for it and uh, i could share the screen and survive it with someone a veteran like madhavan you know yeah who's a fantastic yes, actor yes. and to hold your own otherwise you can it it is like i at one level even when i may be coming across like i'm doing a funny scene but my heart was going like okay this is really <laughs> happening yeah this is going to be on this netflix forever so but yeah it's nice it was a lot of fun to do it great also joining us is manisha pande hi manisha any no. symptoms for you yet no and i tested negative uh, my test came today so i think manisha is one of the few people in uh, news laundry who hasn't had it at all because raman says had it twice like the yes. leader he leads by example <laughs> i've had it once that i know of most people have had it at least once atul also i think twice that's what he was saying that he's had it twice atul also twice but um, manisha lippi also twice lippi also twice a wonderful producer lippi yeah she's here in fact right now she's with covid actually so um yeah wow we don't get covid that. positive cases on this podcast on this podcast so manisha uh, did you record nuisance then today how did you manage no we are recording tomorrow uh, we're going to shoot a little episode from my house okay we're going to do like a 7 minute kind of a thing so you will be doing your own audio let's see how that comes out yeah we d- i sent them some samples yesterday that was fine they sent me a tripod and a mic so hopefully i'll i'll use that though manage. audio was fine but yeah uh, also joining us from uh, his home is anand hi anand how are you hello yes i am fine uh, how are the cases around you are you in uh, delhi right now are you yes yes in delhi okay so uh, but no symptoms around you and everything no, all right no 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 i've heard some pretty senior people in uh, in europe and everyone saying that everyone's going to get it anyone like basically omicron travels so fast that it will in- ultimately infect 
everyone it can and then it will run out of people to infect like people like manisha it just doesn't work right it's tried its luck several times <laughs> and then ultimately whoever else it could get it has got them and then it just will have in to, fact like that we will discuss, go away also very fast no we will discuss in some detail because you know uh, anthony fauci's statement uh, dr paul's statement here in india and this report in the bbc which predicts that half of europe 50% of europe will be will have got omicron by end of february have you know caused a lot of controversy in the medical fraternity yeah like yesterday two doctors are really trashing what dr paul said so i think next week we'll have a you know medical expert on this but i think we need to look at it a little nuanced because people have again like everything else dug their heels in that oh what a stupid thing to say like poor fauci had to like back pedal but i i don't think they were saying that let it rip ki theek hai ab chalo apne ab you know go out well, i mean i mean it. if everyone's go, yeah because I, i i don't think they meant that they but yeah. i guess it does one say agar sabko hona hi hai to mask lagane ka kya fayda ha exactly it'll just go into but you know uh, the latest joke going around in mumbai is if you are testing negative isolate yourself <laughs> <laughs> फेलिंग you can get a 3 year subscription and you get an 8000 rupee discount and you get free merchandise with that and we have some really fantastic new merchandise uh, we have a new sweatshirt which should be ready also hopefully by end of next week uh, so you can opt for the 3 year game changer so at least that monthly failure doesn't impact us because we've faced uh, quite a come down on on regular subscriptions not because you guys unsubscribe but because failure rate is so high and not everybody has the time to go on and you know resubscribe every month the other two announcements are that uh, we have a new nl sena project up uh, the assembly elections have been announced in five states as you know so we will be sending out our wonderful team uh, braving covid and all that because that's what we do and that's what they do ayush nidhi manisha will be going out meghna will be going out basant will be going out all our correspondents will be going out atul atul parikshit everybody will be going out so uh we've i think raised just about a lakh so far while recording this uh, the goal is about 23 lakh because there's a lot of travel and uh, i'm sure we want our uh, reporters correspondents and producers well provided for when they're bringing us these elections and you i don't have to tell you why it's important you pay to keep election coverage independent because if you've seen the blitzkrieg of advertising uh you know for every party of course yogi has taken the cake but you know whether it's uh, delhi you know the the, the kejriwal ads and um, apparently there are ads of uh, shiv sena appearing in all sorts of states where they have no presence so why that's happening is because that's how media gets funded so if you want coverage that serves the people and is only answerable to you do please contribute to the sena project and our last sena project which you generously contributed and topped up on the aravallis and the destruction of the aravallis which are very important to delhi and ncr uh that the series of stories which is online right now it's on news laundry was done with the money provided by you dear subscribers by ayush and basant and they are answerable to you so they are going to be doing a discord after every sena the correspondents who did that story have a discord session or a youtube session or a zoom session with the subscribers who did contribute so on the 17th of january at 7 pm that's a monday i repeat 17th of january monday 7 pm 
the people who contributed to that Sena project will have a Discord question answer with Ayush and Basant, and you can ask them how the money was spent, what is the kind of coverage that happened, etc., etc., etc. So uh, the rest of the announcements I'll save for later. Let's have the headlines, Manisha, then we can get straight into the discussions. I'm sure there's lots we have to ask, Chetan. I know I do. Yes. So BJP in the in UP is witnessing a bit of an exodus. A seventh BJP MLA Mukesh Verma quit the party today as exits continued for third day from Uttar Pradesh's ruling party. Uh, and this is just months before elections. Swami Prasad Maurya, a top minister in the Yogi Adityanath government, posted his resignation letter on Twitter. There was an arrest warrant issued against him for a hate speech from 2014, a day after he issued his resignation. He's a very prominent OBC leader. India has reported 2.47 lakh new coronavirus cases today, the highest single-day rise in the ongoing wave. The country's tally now stands at 3.63 crore, which includes 5,488 cases of Omicron COVID variant reported across 28 states and union territories. COVID Task Force Chief Dr. V.K. Paul on Tuesday said that India should have vaccine platforms that are adaptable quickly with changing nature of the variants. This is also when he said uh, that we're going to get it I'm assuming. No, he said that in an uh, NDTV interview with Vishnu Shobha. Okay. okay. 400 parliament staffers tested positive for COVID-19 and 1,000 Delhi cops. Nitin Gadkari, Defence Minister Radhanath Singh, former Punjab CM Amrinder Singh, former Kerala Health Minister KK Shelja, Malika Arjun Kharge are some of the prominent people who've been tested positive this week. New COVID-19 rules for international travellers will kick in. There'll be a seven-day home quarantine and then test on the day eight. In Goa elections, uh, staking claim over Parikar's legacy is his son, Utpal. Uh, he's looking at the BJP's Panaji ticket. The BJP in Goa has also seen two exits today as it gears up for the state assembly elections. This is MLA Praveen Zante. He's quit uh, hours after Goa minister Michael Lobo quit the BJP, saying it is no longer a party for the common man. Meanwhile, in Punjab, AAP, uh, projected to win 56 seats, Channi Bhagwant Man most preferred CM choices. This is an opinion poll by C Voter. And uh, AAP is going to announce their CM candidate on Jan 17. They've opened their lines to ask people who they should uh, get as the CM face. UP Deputy CM refuses to condemn Dharam Sansad speakers. He walked out of a BBC interview and also forcefully deleted the footage. This Yeah, he got his security to delete that footage, which is like shocking. That, yeah, that is the brazenness with which ministers can behave. Hmm. He threw quite a tantrum and that, was, that went quite viral. Haridwar hate speech case. Supreme Court has issued notice on plea seeking investigation. Suli deals, form of hate speech in India, must be condemned. That's a UN official. I think Smriti Irani also gave a statement that across religions, uh, we yeah. get targeting of women, irrespective of religion. Really? Or... When when did she do this? Oh, she did it in the Indian Okay. Hyderabad police books actor Siddharth for his tweet about Saina Neva. The Supreme Court appoints five-member panel headed by ex-judge Indu Malhotra to probe PM security breach. Uh, meanwhile, six BJP CMs have alleged a plot. Two have invoked Khalistan and one has called for Chani's arrest. So this is continuing to be headlines through last week and this week. Amit Shah has asked CGI, MP, CMs for views on criminal law revamp. That's the Indian Penal Code. Top Senate Republican blasts Biden's rant on voters' right, vows to oppose the bill. So this rant that they're talking about Biden is he made a very uncharacteristically aggressive speech on um basically uh, reform, uh, voting reform, election reform there, uh, because there are all sorts of state-wise legislations that are being passed or planned to be passed, which will result in voter suppression. 
so us is actually going through quite a crisis crisis when it comes to uh, you know their democracy we'll discuss that in the context of india but first um, chetan i want to ask you about decoupled but before i ask you about decoupled one thing that made the headline that i've saved that for the last and because you have been a banker uh, mm. and you also wrote uh, a column on the 1st of january on um, you know what what to look forward to in fact uh, the specifically what it's called is here i have it here what is it called the 20 things or 10 things to look forward to in 2022 or five year plan or five step plan i'll just open it <laughs> uh but uh, just to give you an idea that uh indian retail inflation in india it's 5.59 it's at a five month high mm-hmm. it is a significantly high inflation rate us the inflation rate is at its uh spike at 7% for the year uh this is extremely high for the us in fact i think this is the highest it's been in four decades in the us yes and uh it is leading to a bit of consternation and the fed uh, the central bank in the us has indicated that there will be a rate hike in march uh, which will impact markets all across the world meanwhile in india the stock market is going like like never before and i'm i'm i apologize if i've got the name wrong but i think it's kaushik basu who tweeted that india has now completely there's this i don't know what the word he used but it wasn't a decoupled but it's a it's a deflation or a recession that's happening but there are two economies in india one is for the super luxury because as we've seen all super luxury items whether mm. it is cars or clothes or these ferragamo shoes kind of thing they saw a spike in in uh, sales whereas almost 70% of the country is going through a severe recession where there have been job losses including the very tragic case of that manager who became a zomato delivery boy and was run wow. over that was in the indian express and that is just one of the cases that got reported but you hear of so many such cases especially in the gig economy like people yeah. to zomato and swiggy because they've lost jobs and i mean i i don't know i whether you have relatives here uh, chetan but the amount of people who you know your cooks son you know drivers relatives yes. who need, want jobs every day you know bhaiya naukri chahiye everyone has lost jobs is huge and at the time stock market is spiking and this inflation and uh, in the us now uh, they're saying once this rate hike happens it will impact markets across the world what do you make of all this basically since yeah. you have been a banker and you have made your money actually predicting stuff like this and playing in a market where this is very important yes and i i mean i know i know people know me more as a novelist or not novelist or whatever but the i've been investing for decades and uh, yes the you you're absolutely right that there is a certain what they call in the us uh, the wall street versus main street which we can call the lal street versus the main street it's they are disconnected even if not decoupled they are disconnected with each other somewhat uh, because you don't see the true suffering of the common person in the stock market because the stock market is a valuation of the companies of india and the indices that we track like the nifty i think is 50 bsc is 30 companies these are 30 very big companies and india is such a big country that even if you grow 5 6% and these companies have established brand names established distribution networks uh, they will see a lot of growth over time and the stocks will continue to do well um, we are also seeing technology improvements we're also seeing these big companies benefit a lot in terms of productivity gains from all the Uh, you know tech improvements are coming improvement in connectivity improvement in automation improvement so you will find these companies doing better and better like a, like an you know very easy example is that of amazon for example abroad which did extremely well in the pandemic it was like a company designed for the pandemic or Others tesla not- yeah. i mean tesla although it's just gone through the roof the market yeah. cap in fact tesla just happens to be a amazing technology and i think they finally reached scale 
the biggest issue with tesla was were they able to, will they be able to produce it at scale they are and and it's a great company there i think they already have some 20000 or 30000 satellites up in the sky which some astronomers are saying get in the way of them trying to spot distant yes. galaxies But so yeah. so indian companies have a very big advantage that they they serve such a big population and when uh, these are the top names there is enough takers for them and when you talked about super luxury goods they are through the roof right now they are not they are even beyond the stock market i mean i'm not talking of consumer goods i'm when you say ferragamo i'll give you a example i was roaming around in delhi in one of the malls and gucci there's a gucci store in um, saket in that one of those yes. malls Empo- there was a huge crowd outside i felt i felt they're giving out bags for free or something but there was a huge crowd to get in and i said what is this and they said uh, well there's a queue put your do a qr code with your phone and then we'll put you in the queue just for fun i did it i did i didn't intend to shop there or anything and it was 3 in the afternoon and uh, i they gave me a sms on one my and uh, they said you are 40th in the queue and then i just left the mall at 3:15 3:20 and at 7 pm i got the message you can wow. come to the store and the reason for that is we we people aren't traveling abroad so most of the gucci bobs bags are purchased from duty free from uh, trips to london or dubai or wherever and people aren't traveling and ultimately you know or, or they're spending in luxury uh, you but, do need a bag but, i guess but i mean you also comment on you know pop culture on society i mean your books so, you know do talk about the common man so you so there are some yeah so just to what, finish this hmm. there are certain segments the upper uppers there are certain beneficiaries of the pandemic they may not be intentional beneficiaries but there are beneficiaries pharma companies are beneficiaries logistics companies are beneficiaries tech companies are beneficiaries of the pandemic so you know you tcs like, TCS just announced their result last uh, oh, yesterday tech companies are doing uh, huge it's it's uh, i think tcs net profit went up by 14% or 20% or something and wipro as well yeah i have some like real estate broker friends in mumbai and i asked them who and you know they they keep i don't know why they keep sending me listings which are like penthouses of which cost 100 crores but they just send it for fun and i say who buys them and you know who's buying these he said today all the people buying are the vc guys startup owners you know tech unicorn guys these are the people buying 10 years ago there was somebody else buying it maybe a real estate guy was buying it some other people were buying so it's just that there are beneficiaries but there are very few india as a whole of course the common person which has got no equity no savings uh, you know marginal labor they are obviously suffering and the economy hopefully will come back as omicron passes or whatever we it almost had become okay and then this omicron came and and there is a lot of suffering there and but we, what does this say about what the ruptures or the fissures that could throw up be thrown up in society when you have two such separate and i mean they are unaware of each other not of each other at way, least i mean yeah. it's surely and there is data in fact i wish i had that report open mm. but there is a, a paper presented by a professor uh, who has taken examples of six societies in the last 200 years where when disparity reached a certain level it led to an irreversible break in society you think that we are not there no no we are not there india firstly is very tolerant we have a very nice and bad but very which works very well is a ingrained internal caste system in us we have very good sense of hierarchies we all we don't think that all human beings are equal we we do think ye bade log hain ye chote log hain aam aadmi there is a party called aam aadmi 
so there is this idea there is a aam aadmi that means there is a khas aadmi hmm. so you know it's very much there in in india that uh, it's it's so people do accept inequality better than many other places and secondly i think there isn't abject hunger india is not at that point anymore where people in the 1980s india where people are just like in abject poverty people can still eat people can still you know live with their parents people can you know get calories cheap calories and there is cheap data i've always maintained cheap data has saved the country from unrest revolutions have you noticed since cheap data came uh, youth movements don't happen because the youth is busy on their phones now but in 2011 was the last moment where there was enough connectivity to connect people through sms uh, like but data wasn't so good that you could just sit and watch you know kim kardashian on her vacation or something so today we will not have it so easily you will have outrage on twitter and all but you know getting people on the streets is not that simple anymore because people are lost in their data enjoying the circus and they are getting enough cheap calories sasta data sasta aata that's the thing so if you're talking of unrest that's why that's not happening but there is of course loss of wealth loss of jobs loss of employment mental health issues and of course physical health dangers that are happening i mean it's suffering covid has, has led to a yeah. lot of other so Uh, before we move on to UP and other stuff, um, Anand, Manisha, and Raman sir on the whole economic aspect and the social fallout of the very strange times we're in, where there is a crisis or many crises on the economic front, yet people doing so well. Uh, you have any comments on any of them? You want to go first, Anand? Uh, yes, perhaps uh, the definition of what is aspirational good or uh, what is a luxury good has also changed because of the ever increasing size of the Indian middle class. So, what we considered, uh, uh, say, a very aspirational good twenty-five um, years ago, is now a regular purchase, like an say a pair of Adidas shoes. Similarly, now, uh, say like a Gucci is not uh, at par with Adidas, but there is an uh, Mm, say an affluent uh, section within middle class which uh, uh, might find that within its target so see a force of numbers of that ever increasing middle class uh, may uh, force us to th- think uh, in a different perspective about what we call a luxury good but uh, of course in a comparative scale in a poor country like india with a third world economy is still there it would be considered luxury good but uh, in your immediate Uh, say the people with whom you interact uh, your definition of it would change uh, second is that uh, rising uh, the sh- social unrest point so the rising uh, inequality which is of course debatable there uh, there has been a number of tons and tons of pages written on it and um, with the the liberalization has lifted millions of people out of poverty or it has accentuated inequality now that's an academic as well as a very general debate but uh, like shominathan pointed out that if rising inequality is really terrible most people should be unhappy yet the un world happiness report says that the global average of those very happy or rather happy was an increasing increasing 64% in 2019 and 63% even in the dreadful covid year of 2020 this represented a significant fall from 77% in 2011 but high inequality coexisted with high happiness through the decade now say even uh, 
between 2011 and 2019, happiness on this major declined from 85% to say 79% in US and from 80% to 75% in Sweden, which is considered to be largely a socialist, um, as a socialist trust, and from 89% to 77% in India. Now, these are the UN happiness indices. I don't know how, how much significance you can give it. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the social response to inequality uh, has to factor in a lot of other considerations, so whether people are really charged with the kind of disparities they see, whether they, they accept it as an everyday negotiation with the economy. So uh, the social unrest part, I am not very convinced that it would lead to a major rupture. Mm. Good point. Good point. And also, yeah, so, uh, on this, uh, Manisha. Uh... I think social unrest because of COVID. One more reason why you may not see that is because people generally don't know who to blame for COVID. Like the virus itself, people. I don't think people expect uh, much out of the government in the sense of the virus spread. You know, of course, what people are government. Do? Also. Yeah, sorry. Also, I think that also has to do with Chetan's point. I think that's one of the reasons that cheap data and internet penetration has coincided two years of COVID where people in any case don't gather. So I think that tendency of not gathering is on the ground. But yeah, carry on. But also, I think people genuinely don't know who to blame for coronavirus. I, you know, it's it's a disease that has come bar say, or I don't think they have a very clear understanding of who they should be blaming for their circumstances. But I have seen in my immediate surroundings, people's lives been set back by three to four years at least, you know. Um, for a lady who comes to cook at my house, her son, for example, now she's done everything that she could to get him out of their circumstances, educated them, has a hotel management degree, got a job in Hayat, then got laid off. And for three years, he's just been sitting. Now, for those people who've done everything right and would have finally gotten out of, you know, moved one step ahead in their lives, for them, it's been... Uh, it's been very catastrophic. But at the same time, I mean, within the tourism industry, you also hear of people making an absolute killing after the second wave because of the revenge tourism. And because of the fact that a lot of people can't go abroad. So you have a lot of people spending money within India. But I guess that is for people who've been, who've managed to stay afloat for those two dead months, which is in not many people, you know. So again, it's vulnerable. I think the silent unrest is brewing up. Uh, I mean, um, despite COVID or whatever, I think it's going to uh, reflect you know, in the coming elections. Uh, I think people, uh, even those who are well off, uh, even those who believe in consuming, and as 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 we we see our consumption index, uh, it's pretty okay. I mean, despite COVID, uh, I think even those people are feeling the pinch. And uh, I think this unrest you may not see, you know, uh, uh, in terms of number of people gathering on the grounds and protesting. But I think it will reflect in the coming elections. In, it would be interesting to see, at least in Uttar Pradesh's case, because we covered the second wave so well, the places that were hit worse, what are the outcomes there? And does it result in a change in you know party? Or, or does it result in people's mandate against the BJP? I, I would doubt that because I think, like I said, I think the only time people actually got angry during the second wave about with the BJP was when the BJP was making claims that we've done everything, we've given oxygen, there have been no deaths. So there was an anger to Sirki Kaha hai, but as such, there wasn't this huge anger against the government that they failed the people. I think also because people have just thought that Mahamari is here, America is not going to deal with it, so what do we do? Yeah. When people are dying, it's like that, that, that thing is definitely there. 
I mean, maybe there are views on whether the government could have done it better or worse. Meeting that worked against the BJP is when they were just making false claims and. <laughs> yeah, and then that time there was abject suffering. That the people yeah. were gasping for death, family members were dying in people's arms. And I mean, that is a different level. Themselves. Today, that is not there. Yeah, the second wave. In fact, right now, um, yesterday, which was the twelfth of um, January, uh, Delhi, the daily cases passed twenty-seven thousand, uh, which is around the peak of the second wave. And at that time, people were dying in driveways in Delhi. Right now, the bed occupancy is just twenty percent. So clearly, uh, that touchwood is not happening. But I'll move on to the UP and Manisha. If you can just give us a little context of uh, what happened in UP recently, uh, yesterday with these uh, ministers, uh, two ministers and seven MLAs quitting, which includes the two ministers. But on the happiness index, I think what Anand said is, uh, I, I agree because the factors that the satisfaction index or happiness index, whatever you call it, I think they're two different kind of indices, or it's the same indices that goes by different names. Has Pakistanis are happier than Indians? Now clearly there is no rational rational reason for for happiness. So uh, I think weather has a lot to do with it. Sounds very strange though. What is the methodology of this? I I actually don't know. We should maybe I should check it out. But I, I think they just ask. I think they sample size. They just ask. But Pakistan is happier than India, and I'm like like why? Like at least we have something to look forward to. These indexes used to be quite popular a while ago, and I remember if I'm. Not mistaken, Japan used to always be the saddest country. I don't know. I, I know Norway has a very high Japan. rate of. India was one of the happier ones, actually. Yeah, but, no, but Norway ha- has a happiness very... is a happiness is a very depends on a lot of factors, and yeah. that depends on neurochemistry and you know dopamine releases and on the weather. If, if, yeah, if you have if you, it depends on the weather. It, if you have a very very comfortable life, uh, you your brain tends to get used to it, and very minor distress. Things will bother you. Mm. That's why the more the their depression rates are highest in the richest countries. Yeah. So that's got something to do with our neurochemistry as well. So, but I think you have to see the change. Yeah, people are suffering, but there are certain sectors, like I said, which are hiring. You know, so right. somebody lost a job, but someone in the family became a delivery boy. I don't know when what's the net like. But no, results, but I think right? in net terms, the losses are huge, and that's not just true for. covid i think that is uh, uh, i i heard a podcast i don't know if i've recommended on the hafta uh, with uh, a tech entrepreneur he's one of the early investors in some of the leading tech companies in the world and he says yeah there's there's going to be huge job losses in the next decade or two huge new new jobs will come up you know when when it comes to green energy you know to make those things that will consume green energy but net net the losses are going to be huge and the world needs to figure out i mean do you tax I mean, corporations will be richer than they've ever been in the history of the world. So, do you have to tax them exorbitantly and have a minimum wage, which that uh, presidential candidate, the Democrats, had that plan? Who who didn't quite make it in the primaries? Uh, I forget his name. He's of Asian origin. Um, but one would really, the world would have to relook at how it it structures society and spending and what government's roles are because. when you have companies uh, that apple has is sitting on cash that can wipe out the debt of most countries in the world i mean they're sitting on that cash they have it it's not notional money it is with them you know the kind of valuation that that tesla has one would really have to relook at what the, these companies roles is in the world but uh, you know you have something on this chetan before we move on to up no no i think we've kind of covered it it is what it is we hope the economy will bounce back more and we'll see the budget you know i think the budget this time will be i think we'll just dis- you'll do discuss the budget deep in detail that time but yes i think the since the budget is coming i i would expect that there'd be something i hope that there's something to grow the economy more and one expectation is the budget is going to have something for the farmers right i mean that's pretty for much sure. 
for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there, there is definitely some Santa gifts coming for farmers, right? Ten days before the elections, it would and be politically some, expedient. It would be, and but I hope along with that there are some other good policies as well. And I guess with that we can move to the elections because the budget is going to be about the elections too this time. So right, uh, yeah, and and uh, I got the name wrong when he started. Chetan's first of January column was Happy New Decade because twenty twenty and twenty one <laughs> didn't count. Here's how we can make the best of this year. That is what you are about. But yeah, tell us what's happening in UP, uh, Manisha. Then we can just discuss so, that. Multiple exits, and the most prominent among them is uh, Swami Prasad Maurya, who was Minister of Labour and Employment, and he's a very influential OBC leader. And what has got everyone talking is that uh, he hasn't declared which party is going to be joining, but it'll probably be Samajwadi Party because of the reason that he's given for his exit, which is that. Uh, the Adityanath government has completely sidelined Dalits and backwards and uh, farmers and and um, young um, yeah and unemployed uh, people. No, and, young boy, Samajwadi leader tweeted a picture with him. That yeah, and he in fact in his interview he said that one of the reasons he said that uh, jobs that were reserved for the OBC were being given to general category uh, candidates under the pretext of saying that they haven't found anyone uh, capable. Or meritorious and that was one of his things so you know sidelining of obc interests is something that he underscored along with the other ministers and mlas who quit so this can give i mean it's being seen as a philip for samajwadi party because if you can get minorities and backward votes together it could significantly dent yogi but also there's also been on the other side people the people also saying that it's not that big a deal and these guys aren't that important and and of course, the BJP's explanation is that they weren't performing, and that's what most journalists have run with. That was a performance issue or a ticket issue. No one's really focused on the grievances that they have with Adityanath's government. No, I think it's more than the grievances. Uh, I think it was a kind of coup. I mean, these people had been planning about it, and they wanted to time it well, you know, uh, uh, around the elections. I think this is basically against the. Uh, uh, you know, against Yogi, you know, with the iron hand, you know, he used to rule. And he, I mean, like like at the center, Modi is the super minister. I mean, all other ministers are irrelevant. Their homes, their secretaries, everybody is being, they are being appointed by the PMO. It is, uh, in the end, it is the PMO which is controlling everything. Similarly, I mean, uh, Yogi also adopted the same uh, methodology and he was controlling his ministers. But, so but he doesn't have the magnetism or the sheer hold over the people of India that they will vote for Modi no matter what. He doesn't have that kind of presence. And I think that's the mistake he made. Uh, thinking that because he was being celebrated by some media, like Modi, whether you like him or not, the fact is that a very large part of India, which is significant enough to decide who the PM is going to be, loves Modi more than they love BJP or more than love RSS or more than anything. Yogi doesn't have that. And I think Yogi kind of forgot that. Also, Modi has spent his time as, as I mean, he's a three-time chief minister before he gave, became the prime minister, acquired the stature that he did today. Yogi is just finishing one term. So there's also that, you know. No, and people aren't scared of Yogi Devaya of Modi. Like, you know, no minister, no matter how unhappy they are, like whether it is that uh, guy, INB minister who has moved, who was law minister also, just who keeps asking for resignations um, from Bihar, Anand, um, whose brother-in-law is in the Congress here, yeah? Ravi Shankar Prasad. Ah. You know, when Ravi Shankar Prasad was removed, or when that, uh, the other young minister who's a pilot also, what's wrong with my names? Rajivardhan Rathor. Uh, Rajivardhan Rathor, but... Um, Rudy. Pratap. Rudy. 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 You know, these guys are shunted out like that. 
and not one of them had the guts to even look unhappy they were grinning that we are thrilled because they don't have the guts to say anything against modi right but this one doesn't have that sway but so but i think one thing that people are kind of glossing over is that a lot of journalists are writing of akhilesh that he is a lazy fool you know so much is happening in up he's sitting he's not announcing anything he's not you heard all this but when election came he's kind of managed quite a bit of stuff which means journalists don't know much of what's right, happening yeah. behind the scenes and <laughs> cool. mayawati's complete absence is of course something that leaves the you know thing wide open for others but uh, before i come to anand chetan you have any take on what's happening in up well there have been a spate of opinion polls that have come in the last 3-4 uh, days only and they've all uh, predicted a bjp victory but don't tell me you believe those opinion polls well they're all pointing to that and uh, and they could i agree there still there is still a fair amount of time there's almost a month to, or more than a month in some phases uh, for the polls to happen and a lot can happen between now and the next 5 6 weeks but uh, it, they all do say that the bjp will re- it, they kind of make sense because they they do say that the bjp will retain power they say that they will retain its uh, vote share but sp will gain and sp will mainly gain at the expense of the bsp which had a fair uh, vote percentage last time and this time they are completely absent so those votes have to go somewhere i guess and, uh, and congress no congress is also and congress so those are those are the gains that sp is going that consolidation is going to happen which the alliance could not attain uh, last time um, the i think uh, finally people don't like the fact that sp bsp congress kind of alliance but i think sp may finally gain but it might not be enough i think yogi remains fairly popular in up for a cm i mean i, I would just say this how many bjp cms names do you know like offhand you guys are in the news business but ask a common person they will probably only know yogi's name maybe shivraj singh chauhan maybe but that too it'll be, and and there are dozens of states where bjp is ruling but you it takes a while to recall the uh, you know cms name so yogi has a brand even though of course not as big as modi but you know within up he has his fans and he has his and up politics works a lot on identity so i think he will he will um, it's not so i won't be surprised if the opinion polls are proved right no. anything can happen though this exodus of a few mlas it still remains to be seen because there are 400 plus seats and uh, bjp won almost uh, like 75 80% of them so it's like 1 2% of the mlas so far I think it'll take a chunk. Sure. I mean, I, I it'll take a chunk. If if there's go. a chunk, if there's a twenty thirty chunk, that's serious concern because they also have pulled a few. I think that's also there. Yeah, yeah. And also uh, the people like uh, Mr. Maria who just quit. He is a very uh, significant leader of of OBC. He was with the BSP earlier, and uh, he he has a lot of sway over a very important community that can determine the outcome of many seats, but. Uh, you know manisha uh, before i come to you, just want to say one thing i don't ever listen of hafta will not predict an election because i don't believe there's any way one can do it there is absolutely no way and i'm saying this having been a reporter back in the 90s as well i've seen too many whether it was a bjp victory that was predicted in delhi and they got three seats in the first time and seven in the second time uh, whether it was a bjp victory that was predicted by many of these opinion polls run by the bhandaris and the uh, largest media organizations in bengal where mamta swept so i believe opinion polls have actually zero value i mean uh, that hmm. that's my i think it is a fantastic commercial opportunity because it gives you 2 to 10 hours of programming to discuss on the basis of some kind of abstract numbers and you can but 
other than that trp creating opportunity i don't think opinion polls have any value no if you think in terms of you know percentage of votes uh, polled in 2017 bjp polled around 40% uh, samajwadi party polled around 21% 19% to bsp and 6% to congress uh, congress right so so if assuming that the bsp vote uh, you know not en bloc but say some uh, of 19 if even if 10 to 15% moves to uh, sp and uh, incumbency is there in up i mean despite yogi's popularity plus the caste equation is also going a bit wrong with the uh, you know exit of this seven eight uh, people of which i mean i mean as uh, these obc uh, you know uh, leaders are uh, prominent so so considering that i think it's going to be fairly going to be very competitive election manisha you were saying something no anand can go ahead I'll yeah come. go ahead on yes uh, to to begin with the exodus the moot point here is whether the leaders who are exiting they held sway on their own or they held sway, sway on the basis of the their party affiliation so if they were vote catchers uh, in their own right that would make a dent how significant remains to be seen but if uh, the voter loyalty even within their community was for the party then that does not matter much uh, they are replaceable with other powerful leaders from the same community so you see with even in last two major elections in bihar and in west bengal also there was exodus from both the rival camps towards each other um, more so from the losing side and that didn't make a major difference but uh, the important point here is that the best performance the samajwadi party has given in a legislative assembly election was in 2012 and it got 224 seats and uh, formed a government on its own and at that time also its vote share was 29% so it it was not more than 29% so it was able to consolidate the muslim yadav plank and not uh, expand much beyond it that's what 29% says that its non yadav uh, diversification was very very limited what it is trying to do is and uh, is is dent bjp's success bjp's success in up is because of its consolidation of non yadav vote bank obc within obc and non jatav vote bank within the dalit community it is trying to forge a rival alliance social alliance which somehow stitches these non yadav components from the obc and the non jatav ones because it's assumed that jatav vote would go with still go with mayawati so the non jatav dalit vote it it is eyeing same that rss has been working on in last 5 years as documented by different studies that it has been on ground working with the non uh, non yadav obc consolidation and going to the marginal communities so you you see the rival alliance who held their party you have different versions of who held their party in both camps and uh, similarly you have uh, the nonias party the kurmi parties these are in the both camps so uh, this expansion is 
there. Second, as Chetan was pointed out, pointing that it has to say a limited vote share, but within with a limited vote share also, what is the ultimate number of seats you get depends on what is the remaining, say, 70% configuration, the distribution of 70% among different parties. So if the remaining 70% pie is distributed among different political parties in a way that does not give anyone much advantage, even with a very limited vote share in the first, first post the system, you can come up yeah. with a majority mark. Exactly, which is why they said, no, with, depending on how it moves, within a 2 to 3% of, of vote share swing. It could... I mean, you, you could win 90% votes in one constituency and that won't help you much because you're still going to win the seat and that'll count as a vote share. But yeah, it needs to be, I, I understand the distribution. But I think one thing though, we can say whatever the opinion polls may have limited value. If the BJP loses this, I think the whole panel would agree that would be a tectonic shift. I mean, the country's politics will change forever. I mean, because losing UP and losing a 80 Lok Sabha place UP, lo- losing the, the place where they have a very iconic kind of, you know, emblematic of the uh, BJP kind of chief minister, losing it will be um, suddenly like energized. I mean, they lost Bengal and they lost Delhi, yes, but losing UP would be a big one. And it doesn't look likely. I, I don't think so. Whatever limited value opinion polls have, it, it doesn't look that at the moment that there is any surge in that direction. But like Anansar was saying that it can happen. I mean, it can happen if the class coalition is stitched. If I were the Congress, I would rather let that happen because the Congress is not going to win. But if they can help SP win, it can have national implications yeah, that, that can actually would, help it, the Congress. Uh, well, they would... Yeah, go ahead. I don't know what the people have to think. Now, first, uh, my wife may be older, but my I am younger than Chetan, so I I'm not your, a sir. So uh, you are sir for your uh, <laughs> you are, for your you've been knighted, Anand. You've been knighted. You are sir. So you're sir no. for uh, who you are, not your no, biological no. age. <laughs> no, uh, um, yes, sir, Anand. You are teacher. You teach, right? So yes. So. No. Uh, Anyway, uh, I agree with that uh, opinion polls, which are rigorous, like done by CSDS, which not only do, do opinion polls for elections throughout year, they trace major, um, trends and uh, they are on ground throughout the year. And uh, so they can have value. With, uh, yeah, absolutely. And their so, post-election analysis also. Uh, Yes, so they are rigorous methods. Now, uh, now there are also opinion polls. In last time when I was in Bihar, I I was getting phone calls from uh, these polling agencies for constituencies where I was not a voter. So they were saying, "Whom you are voting for? For constituencies where I am not a voter, how am I supposed to say who is going to win?" So, uh, so there are some dodgy agencies also. Yes, you are right. So they are unreliable, but a a rough idea can be had from reliable and more rigorous agencies, academic studies like CSDS. So uh, um, third, I think uh, um, I I would uh, not say that it would be a game changer election because uh, uh, we tend to overanalyze election results in the longer run politics. uh, I think a lot of things matter, but uh, it would be important for the future of the second line leadership in BJP. And a yogi defeat would puncture the thoughts of that in the foreseeable future or may have a different league of rivals.
Well, the personality factor is there, Mr. Yogi. It, you see in UP and Bihar, where anarchic situations are there, whenever, say, the dynastic socialist parties come into power, a national party like Congress or BJP in power, it is also seen as a kind of, uh, I may be criticized for it, that restoration of order, some state has been restored. So uh, a state has been restored, there is a state, there is a strong leader, and um, uh, even if there are excesses, there is a strong hand of law. So Yogi has benefited from that, uh, that uh, um, uh, large of, of life uh, projection of a strong leader. And if he manages to cut that image across the committed uh, community voters, that would help BJP and help him more. Manisha, you have a view? No, and this is something that BJP plays on also. No, ki gundai kam ho gayi hai, or uh, you know. Mm. Sort of In fact, the whole ad campaign is around that. The, the ad, the ad campaign plays on that big time. And my my experience is all gundas. You know, they they, they are uh, into a, some kind of circulation. They move <laughs> where the power is. So so they were gundas earlier with the Samajwadi Party. Now they are with the BJP. <laughs> no, but one thing that I do agree with uh, Chetan is. Of course, in politics, uh, I, I don't use words like forever because things change, can change quickly and, and fast. But there would be a significant change in the politics of the country if BJP loses. Uh, and I personally think that's important because, I mean, just to put an intersection of this, uh, the Deputy Chief Minister, Mr. Maurya, Prakash Maurya, right? I confuse... Uh, he wasn't Deputy Chief Minister, was he? No, the one who got the this thing erased. Oh, right, right. Um, Keshav Maurya. Keshav Keshav Maurya. Uh, so he, uh, you know, that kind of, I mean, let me just give you a, an idea of getting footage erased and that to the BBC. Uh, I'll just tell you a story of Madhu in Palestine. And this is at the time when Yasser Arafat's, you know, PLO was not exactly, you know, the peaceful molly coddling organization. I mean, it, they were known for the kind of excesses they committed there. Uh, Madhu was there uh, in Palestine. Uh, and I think she was part of, uh, I mean, a bunch of journalists were gone when an Indian head of state was visiting. And her tapes were taken by the Palestinian, for, by the PLO, because she shot something. And she said, how dare you? She like in the press conference got up and started yelling at Yasser Arafat that I will not leave Palestine till my tapes are given back. How dare you do this? During the Pokhran blasts, Madhu was, uh, I remember uh, the cameraman was Ashok. I think now he's with ABP if I'm not wrong. She had gone and a guy that tried to take her tapes that you cannot be here. And she said, how dare you take my tapes? And I remember when we were shooting, if we shot something, even if there were these goon type guys, tape erase, karo. we said tape to erase. Kar. Like no one had the, and I'm talking the 80s and 90s. Over the last 15, 20 years, other than a few instances with Pramod Mahajan, who very unembarrassedly would threaten people that don't record this or you watch and people would listen to Pramod Mahajan. But other than that, this kind of getting a security delete footage was unheard of. This man, not only did he refuse to condemn, he was endorsing what the answer did. He got this guy to delete it. Of course, these guys are such uneducated buffoons that they don't know that you can retrieve the footage once it's been deleted. But these kind of things are why I think it's a very important for BJP to have one crushing defeat in UP. Because the brazenness with which hate speech is being normalized by sitting ministers, it's no longer a fringe. So I have many friends who used to say, yeah, you cannot take what Samvit Patra is saying. He is not any office holder. First of all, I don't buy that shit because he's a national spokesperson. But a deputy chief minister saying what he did and getting a BBC crew to delete their footage, I think if a lesson is not taught to such hoods 
they will only get more empowered. So in the long term, whatever one may want to think of the BJP or not, in the short term, like, I mean, I said that UPA has to lose. If UPA 3 happened, you're saying that, boss, UPA 1, you can do all the shit you want. We'll vote you in again. Then the Shibu Soren, while he was water resource minister, was absconding a warrant against him. Manmohan had the guts to fire him. If you give them a third term, they will come into your house and pick up your stuff and go out. You won't do anything. If you give hoods like this a, another chance, then forget going back to any semblance of normality. That is why I think it's important and it will be significant if they lose. Um, that's my piece on this. Chetan, Anand, Raman, you want to come in on this before we move on? Yeah, I mean, it's the I call it the pre-boards. You know, they, 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 this is not a Lok Sabha election, but come on. It's going to be interpreted in so many different ways. If they win also, it's very significant. Like you said, if they win a, uh, another term in the UP, then all this corona discontent and all is gone in a way. Or at least we, it'll be shown like that. And uh, I mean, if they win big, even if they win with a thin margin, uh, some of that, uh, I don't know, some of that overconfidence might go down. So, and that's likely to happen. Losing uh, UP will be a big one because the opposition has not really pulled off anything like that in a long time. But yeah, of course, if he does, it'll lead to a totally different perception of, you know, uh, what's going to happen because then you can, and, and like Punjab, they're not winning, right? That is yeah. uh, again, very But difficult. then again, you know, Punjab with, with um, Channi and, and Siddhu and Captain, for, for the BJP, I mean, we've discussed in the past hafta, they would rather have a Congress in place there than up. So that's yeah. how they so, no, no, I'm just saying the overall perception of this, uh, a, a party that is so much in power by, will, will of course change, but like Abhishek, uh, uh, what I'm saying, Abhishek, Akhilesh will have to pull off a rabbit out of a hat. We, we still have five weeks and, you know, UP elections can be incident driven too. So, like the incidents may come. I mean, but they, the BJP does care deeply about this election because, I mean, the farm law withdrawal and Lakhimpur Kheri, we all know you can connect the dots. So they do care deeply about this. Sure. Anand Raman, so you want to say anything before we move so on to the also next? Also, the history is against uh, the incumbent government retaining it. So if mm. uh, the win would be historic for one more region that, uh, if I remember correctly, after 1985, no state, UPA state government has retained power. True, true. That is that is 36 years. True. So after 36 years, say if Mr. Yogin Adityanath does that, it would be a historic win, even with a historic, even if it is, it's with a thin margin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If it's an absolute majority, yes, I agree. It, it, it of course, and they will play it as a victory. They're not going to talk about the margin. Right. Um. Now, before we move on, just a couple more announcements. One is an. Regular reminder, please subscribe to News London and pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served. Uh, although there is a very interesting report that I will recommend at the end of this podcast, which shows that subscription-driven news platforms tend to serve only the top 5% who, are, uh, who have the ability to pay for news and uh, the news becomes more and more out of touch with the masses who do not have the uh, financial muscle to pay for news. Uh, but um, yeah, that's an interesting report. We can discuss that report in some detail in the future time. But I do believe uh, what this model is definitely better than the ad model. And that you can see why when you see the newspapers and television channels in India right now, which are just going nutters on Sarkari advertising. Uh, we have a new NL Sena project. Uh, there's a seven-phase election of five, in five states, UP, Punjab, Goa, Uttarakhand, and Manipur from 10th Feb to the March 7th. Uh, many of our colleagues, including Manisha, will be traveling on the ground, getting you as accurate reporting as possible. So please do contribute so that we can give them the resources that they require to go out and cover the election uh, without too much discomfort uh, and danger. 
and we have an ml chat box chat box is a question answer session with our subscribers where the entire news laundry team is answerable to you it is going to the next one is on 22nd of january at 7 pm it's for subscribers only so all you mufat khors who are listening to chota hafta well uh, do come in and uh, subscribe and then you can ask us and give us feedback critique criticism whatever else you want it is going to be on the 22nd of january at 7 pm it's for subscribers only so do join on that now i just want to discuss um and these are two or three related things one is this uh, you know punjab uh, we discussed in some detail i just want a quick you know dipstick survey here of whether the app has said that they will have phone lines and people will poll on the phone to decide who is the chief minister of punjab because they have announced a chief ministerial candidate you know and and there is a poll that suggests that they will accept a non sikh the conventional thinking is that punjab would never accept a non sikh as a chief minister let alone a baniya who is not punjabi which is arvind uh, there are indications that they will say that they will accept him one in five polled uh, this report is on ndtv i i want to know what the panel thinks on that but i would want to come to uh, we can come to that a little later but i want to come to what happened in with siddharth's tweet to saina nehwal so i just want to discuss siddharth who's a prominent actor from the south his tweet to saina nehwal which uh, the national commission of women has taken note of actually the national commission of women who didn't take note of the sully deals app in the past <laughs> but they have got an fir filed i believe it's been filed so saina nehwal had tweeted no nation can claim itself to be safe if the security of its own pm gets compromised i condemn condemn in the strongest words possible the cowardly act on pm modi by anarchists dot 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 he quote tweeted that siddharth and said subtle cock champion of the world thank god we have protectors of india shame on you hashtag rihana uh, then he was uh, attacked for being crass and vulgar in his response to saina nehwal and he clarified cock and bull that's the reference reading otherwise is unfair and leading nothing disrespectful intended said or insinuated and after that he's put out a apology to saina nehwal but the national commission of women uh, rekha sharma who's the chairperson has initiated action and proceedings against him now you know i, I just want to discuss two or three things and there's going to be an intersection of many things here one is that this story was taken up as a prime time debate for the last two days on several channels at a time when the defections are happening from up bjp i found that um, such an obvious uh, attempt to kind of gloss over because i remember in the past even if some very irrelevant aap mla would tweet something or say something that was slightly not in line with arvind it used to become a two hour discussion that oh it's falling apart the party is falling apart here we have one of the most prominent faces but that was in the prime time debate it was this tweet uh, secondly the entire digging the heels in of of people who have taken sides and therefore will protect their side or the other i do think the choice of words was rather inappropriate and like manisha even i didn't understand the joke uh, with that word play although i did get that he was talking about the sport and not cock a penis but nevertheless you can't not be aware that it has that meaning but you know and here's where decoupled also comes in uh, chetan so i'm just giving all this context so that you know we can just talk about this digging heels in and and it became so polarized that it's not a question of standing up for an issue for example the national commission of women says nothing about but how you know, how are you connecting this to decoupled i'll just tell you i am not involved no no no. <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm talking i'm talking about how polarization uh, yes. trumps what you think the aesthetics of what you think uh, now yeah. decoupled got a lot of hate from many people on the side which do not like manu and i don't agree with a lot of what manu says but i like manu i think he has a really bright intelligent mind which kind of 
provokes you with very interesting ideas and thoughts. Uh, and I didn't like many things about Decoupled, but I loved many things about Decoupled. I think your scenes of hysterical, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, mm-hmm. but you know, I thought that middle finger scene and your expression was just phenomenally funny. Mm, thank but, you. <laughs> but whether it comes to, and, and in the new space also, right? So whether it comes to commenting or reviewing Decoupled, there are and enough things about Decoupled, which I think one can criticize. I mean, mm, of course, tone deafness, but there are enough things that I thought were very funny and can be appreciated as well, including the performances of many people. Uh, same thing about Siddharth's tweet. There is enough to condemn it for, but whether it is news, whether it is institutions like National Commission of Women, or whether it is institutions of like media, it becomes all about whose side you are. In fact, someone wrote to us, to me, saying that how a subscriber, how could you have Manu on the show interviewing him? Why you're going you to have uh, you're going to have someone saying that about me also. So, no, but yeah. you've been here many times, so people uh, are sick of saying that. What's the problem with having Manu? <laughs> that uh, he's such a misogynist and he's this. How can you talk to him and how can you you know have an interview and conversation with him? I mean, I disagree yeah. with a lot of himself, but I I I definitely don't think he's. I mean, I do think there are certain people like I wouldn't call a Kapil Mishra and have a civilized conversation with him. Like you know, someone who says Inko Maro or you know, the, I mean. But not everybody who you disagree with, with on aesthetics or politics is your enemy or, and you can't talk to them. So basically the context is news being used as a tool for revenge. Like Times clearly was going after Siddharth because he had tweeted about Namika in the past and politically where he stands. National Commission of Women, same thing. Also, it was used to dent the whole Sulidis thing that, look, you are only outraging when it's Muslim uh, women. Yeah, and, and, and it's not the same thing. Auctioning not, women and, and, and having a, a crass tweet are two very different things. But yeah. uh, and, and the same thing, I think that is a kind of hate uh, and love that even something like, uh, uh, you know, dispatched, I was about to say, <laughs> decoupled got. So A, Chetan, uh, your mic now. What was the experience like of acting? And has that been your experience? Because maybe yours is different. Because I, I don't think your supporters or haters are that entrenched on liberal and conservative sides because you tend to be a little unpredictable sometimes on what you're going to say. Because I, I remember a few months ago, you were being hated on by the right as well. Yeah. Do you get responses to, to whether it is decoupled or the other kind of things that I mentioned? Is it completely on the camp? Or do you also get some people who could appreciate stuff who may not agree with you politically? Yeah, so thanks. I mean, Decoupled was a great experience. I mean, I, I was I, I was an actor who had to play Chitin Bhagat. So I was quite nervous because if I can't even play myself, how bad am I as an actor? So, but I've, so imagine if some people said he didn't act well. And what was he acting as? He was acting as Chitin Bhagat. I mean, that is just like a meta level of insult, which is at a different level. But um, you know what you're saying is... Again, I'm going to a little bit neurochemistry, different perspective, but data has been researched and people have found that just as many other things, when you hear opinions that match your own, uh, your brain releases dopamine. It's the same dopamine that is released when uh, you have chocolate or you have alcohol or you do anything pleasurable, you know, and it is pleasurable to listen to opinions that, that match your own. And that is why you often find on Twitter people uh, like, let us say you don't like Modi. If I say something which is against Modi, everybody will like it. And if you don't, if you like him, and if I say something that is pro-Modi, you will like it. It doesn't matter whether I'm, what I'm saying is factually correct or not. It doesn't. So I think, and and the other thing is, over time, these releases become lesser and lesser. You need a bigger hit. So if you want to love someone, you want to love them even more. 
and you want to hate them even more. So that polarization keeps on increasing and increasing and increasing, and people are more polarized than they ever were. This has been, this is not my opinion. This has been scientifically tested and I try very hard. And I'm saying this because I want your listeners who also are prone to that, even though I know a lot of them are very well-educated, PhDs, whatever. We all are prone to this phenomenon where we want to affirm our views. We want to just, we just believe in something and, and, you know, we don't want to listen to the other side and it's not fun. It's actually uncomfortable. It releases pain the to, to listen to another opinion. So facts don't matter. If you cause me emotional pain by saying something I don't believe in, uh, I, I don't like you. It, it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. So I think we are living in that kind of a world. I think... Uh, but did any I, of I, the feedback surprise you? Did you get feedback, positive feedback from people who are on your side of the political spectrum or did you get negative feedback from you know people who you thought would give you positive feedback? Did you get any of that? No, I, I think uh, not me because I was, a, you know, I'm a star of the show. So <laughs> I'm not the writer. All these writers do it. No, I'm a guest appearance. But I mean, as an actor, I, I was immune to it largely because I, I was not caught up in the politics of it. And also I've, I've become used to it. I think, I mean, Twitter is a crazy place. I mean, it's just nobody has any subtlety. Nobody can take a joke. Everybody will twist. If, if they don't like you, they'll twist what you said in the worst possible way. And if they like you, you can basically get away with whatever you want to say. So I think it's it's not a very great platform anymore for me to exchange ideas. But still, people are caught up in it. In but do you tweet less people, now? I hardly tweet. I, I, I tweet. Okay. I only okay. post my columns because like this kind of stuff. I, I don't know whether when he obviously when he said subtle cock, he was trying to allude to badminton. It can Shuttle also say cock, cock and cock and bull is also a way of hmm. saying nonsense, right? Said, I just he like, said there was cock and bull, but. I don't know. I think it's a bit convenient. I, I think he knew what he was saying and I think he knows what it could imply. I don't think it was but that. I mean, he was, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not taking sides. I don't even know the full controversy properly. But all I know is you you need to be careful on Twitter, especially if you're a celebrity, because you will be attacked. Yeah. If you no, take take opinions. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I sometimes have to give opinions like on UP elections and all if I'm writing a column. But like the people don't like you to have. Yeah, opinions. but I think you have to be a little careful, Manisha. Uh, you know, you know that sometimes when we are writing the nuisance script, we use a phrase or a term which we know we are not using in a offensive way. Yeah. But because it can be interpreted, we change it. Yeah. Although the in- like women anchors and all that. Because so- if we are going to make a certain joke, and even if that joke, the point we're making is actually not uh, offensive in that sense, but if that could mean something else, uh, you know, we change that line. So I don't think Siddharth meant the use of the word cock as a penis, but I think you can't not know that it means that yeah. and therefore change yeah. whatever you were saying. So I, th- I think that is definitely true. But but uh, Chetan, just one question and I'd like to go on to mm. uh, Anand after this because I know he's a huge Manu Joseph fan and this would be a good test of... of <laughs> and I also know Anand's aesthetics. So I, I predict he'll say he hasn't watched Decoupled and he will not. But anyway, but before that, I do have a certain line that we don't cross. For example, uh, like I said, Kapil Mishra would not be a conversation I can have like a normal person I disagree with. Because he has said something that is too far beyond the pale. Uh, someone like uh, Titler, uh, you know, back in the day when he was relevant, is not someone I can invite and have a normal conversation. It would either be an I agree, which is an obvious, you know, the format of I agree the way it used to be, uh, or it would be an interrogation. Uh, or even Jaggi, you know, who used to be a, I would consider him a friend, who's the editorial director of Swaraj, the kind of things he has tweeted and endorsed are vile from Op India. Mm. And for example, I would not go on a show by Rahul Shivshankar anymore. And I used to go on his shows regularly and they, they won't invite me because now we're in court anyway. 
But even if he did, I will not go there with a straight face. I will say that, dude, you are damaged goods. You are bloody fucked in the head. Is there a point where you will refuse to engage with anyone, Chetan? Because I know you're a lot more egalitarian no. in that sense. And I will. You're a marketing I, expert I, I, as well. I, I believe you should engage with everyone. I, I believe you should no matter engage what with they have said in the past. Yes. Is is there so. a walkaway no. point? Is there any walkaway point for you? No, but you should engage with them on your own terms. And if if they have certain credibility, of course, there can be some lone voices on Twitter with three followers and saying nonsense. That is what test whether this person has any credibility. But if that person has some resonance in society, like some some if he represents a certain set of people in our society, which may be a very ugly set of side of our society, it may be worth talking. But it it becomes difficult because sometimes you what you are saying is I think about platforming and things like that and like legitimizing. Uh, you know, let's say Ram Sene, who said no Valentine's Day in Bangalore long ago. And let's say, do you actually rationally invite them for an interview? And then when do you stop? And if there are 50 more Ram Sene's, what do you do? So I think as long as people are legally right, I mean, legally, they've not anything wrong. uh, You could talk to them because I think that's the sign of maturity to be able to hold a conversation with someone who you completely sure, disagree. But, but talk about stuff that you want to as well. For example, I'll give you an example and I have no qualm saying it because we don't do fixed interviews and yeah. the biggest interview of the decade had come to us and we refused to do it. Uh, it's on News Laundry, you can read about it. Uh, you know, I was, you know, the publishers of both Smriti Rani's book on what, what's it called? Red Lal Salam or something and, and MJ Akbar's book. You know, the publishers reached out and, you know, she did interviews and uh, Tejasi Surya has recently done an interview where he wasn't asked about his... So, I said, okay, I'm, I'm happy to do the interview because they want their book sold, right? MJ Akbar also reads the book. But I said, 20 minutes of the interview would be whatever I want to ask. It can be me too. It can be politics. Yeah. I'm not just going to do an interview about the book. That is not happening. I mean, news on is not we used to sell your book. I mean, even when you come, we talk about your book, but I ask you about anything else as well. You don't say, I'll only come if you talk about my book. Baki main kuch nahi no, no, now, no, no. That, yeah. so the same is true reverse also, right? When you go to a, a guy and if, if he's not going to answer what he's answerable for, because most of these large organizations, anchors don't come on platforms to take questions from other journalists. Uh, so similarly, so uh, uh, Smriti Rani's and uh, MJ Akbar's publishers had reached out and I spoke to them. I said, sure, we'll do an interview with both, but it's not going to be re- restricted to the book. We didn't get that interview. Yeah. So the reverse also holds. I will only come on your platform if I can also say what I want about you. No, that's a definite uh, no, because then I think then you are becoming a PR vehicle. So that that is the other thing that you should never become a PR vehicle. But I think as long as people are themselves not illegally proven to be completely illegal or they are not promoting illegal acts or uh, like, like, you know, things that are just uh, like inciting violence or saying consume drugs. I mean, that's not, you know, but I think there can be a, a place for everyone to give alternate viewpoints politely within the framework of legal things. And I think this whole, it's very fascist to have this thing of cancel culture and things like that. It's its not helpful. It's, it's become more and more fascist and people are doing it to each other now. Like we've seen, it started with the left wing and the left wing is now doing it to each other. It doesn't lead you anywhere. I, I don't think it's a sign of maturity. However, the conversations can be tough. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, like I said. Sure. Sure. Uh, Anand, uh, you want to comment on this and all these things? There's the uh, first of all, have you watched Decoupled? My guess, no. Let's see what Anand says. No, I have not. Do you want to? Oh, I, I have not watched uh, television or these things in uh, last three, three, four years. I have not watched anything. Okay, so then so, uh, have a view. But on the rest, you've been hearing the conversation. What, what do you make of this and about the tweet? Uh, 
etc and and its coverage do you, do you think it warranted prime time debates uh, on the day where up saw what what it saw you see siddharth's uh, tweet i uh, the accusation was that it was a pun it was a uh, so the word cock was a pun so pun is anyway the lowest form of humor so you have uh, this cyber space where there is immense pressure on people to be humorous and uh, very snarky uh, and uh, why don't you tell something very in clear language that you don't agree with this tweet or that so this uh, whole business of being very humorous sometimes gets you uh, at the wrong place and uh, second is about uh, manu's recoupled what i have read about it is it's, it's in a satire jo- jo- genre and uh, i came at uh, a point of age earlier i used to read a lot of satire and watch it but uh, i think satire basically is premised on extremities so you you have to present a situation in an extreme form to draw a smile some people laugh also on satire but a smile at best it can get so as rousseau said uh, rousseau's uh, critique of satire and drama in, in 19th century that uh, uh, the satire by very nature is a portrayal and portrayal even if it is trying to lampoon reality is not lampooning reality because it is uh, resorting to uh, extremities manu's satire sometimes falls in that zone and also i think something that manu himself once admitted 2 3 years ago is that uh, there is a certain kind of corruption that comes when you are successful means uh, you, uh, when you are uh, at the lower point in your life you see a lot more but once you are successful and his engagement with bollywood and uh, all these film people and netflix i am not against this visual art but I, i don't think it has produced the best of him he was better as a novelist and columnist and uh, um, i think uh, even in deep couple he manu himself said that uh, the most corrupting thing you, in you is to is you try to do well so i think his perception perceptive ability analytical ability has suffered though he remains a very very brilliant brilliant person yes uh manisha you want to go and take on all these things sorry chetan you were saying something no no it's fine on that sweet i really think uh, i mean i found it quite crass and unnecessary and yeah i mean anand kind of puts it well that why why can't you just you could have just criticized her you know simpler language <laughs> but i i just think with twitter if if you are of some importance then you should it's good to just think before you tweet you know there's a certain rush to just you know say something on something that's happening and actors definitely don't need to take on that pressure i know that journalists do and um, again that also doesn't work for them but i think yeah i think if you're a celebrity or if you're any of any importance on twitter you should think a bit before you tweet and anand with you also i just want that question do you have a walkaway point that are, that there's certain people you will not talk to is there a point that if someone has said this then that is not someone you can talk to like in a normal conversation even if you disagree with others who you speak with do you have a walkaway point no oh, no I, i i talk to everybody though i may keep mum okay uh, manisha on your take on this whole like for example i thought that when suresh chavhan ke was invited to that rss meeting to meet mohan bhagwat 
I do think the journalist present should have objected to it. I mean, if I was invited to that same meeting, I would meet Mohan Bhagwat, obviously, because he's a newsmaker and he's, you know, he heads the RSS and you need to, as a journalist, you need to know insights uh, and you you need to meet a person like that. But if there was a Suresh Chavanki being invited to such an event, I would have said, uh, disinvite him. Because of the things that he said, you know, he's talked about UPSC Jihad, he's, he routinely peddles lies and misinformation and to have him on the same platform as you and give him the darza of a journalist, I really think journalists should have, uh, even a Sudhir or even a Navika or even, you know, people from Aztec should have said, okay, this is, don't call him. Even for us, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it is case by case, isn't it? Pro-BJP, it is... but yeah, I was just going to say that propaganda or pro-BJP or you know, even championing a national party as a news person is different from just being this completely wild, bigoted, hateful personality who sustains on lies and misinformation. And that's very little. That's not much to ask, actually. I think that's a very lenient line to draw. Hmm. Um, Raman, sir? Well, I find politicians very repulsive, especially the kinds of... Oh, dear uh, God. <laughs> no subtlety there. Kapil... <laughs> Kapil Mishra and all, but uh, we have no options. I mean, as as reporters, as as professionals, we have to engage with everyone. But is there a walkaway point? Like, for example, I know even NPR has got a lot of criticism for the latest interview that did Donald Trump, uh, and I don't agree with that criticism because it is NPR, which is a significant platform in the US, and Trump is a significant, you know, politician. Yeah. Uh, but that he will use your platform to say stuff that is, you know, hateful or untrue. I mean. Do, do you think, uh, like, for example, something like the Hafta, you know, there are certain people who I just don't invite here anymore. Mm. Do you think there is, do you think that's a, a unproductive kind of dogma to have? Yeah, I think it is a dogma, dogmatic. I think uh, we should not have a walkaway point from that viewpoint. I think we should be uh, able to call, you know, even the people whom we detest the most and we should engage them and we should argue out if we have anything against them. I'm sure a lot of emails will come with their views on this. Shall I go ahead, Chetan? No, because, yeah, because there is a risk, like uh, Raman sir said, there is a risk that, that you will become an echo chamber because mm-hmm. then that line will say, okay, well, we felt that this, he, he said 19 things, right? But seven years ago, he said one thing. That's what happens in the US. Seven years ago, they went to a party. You're saying that line becomes narrower and narrower, basically. Yeah, and then like somebody's went to a party. This has actually happened in the US. Somebody mm-hmm. went to a party 15 years ago and it was a fancy dress party and they dressed as an Arab and, uh, you know, made their face brown. So now they should be cancelled for life. So, it, it, I mean, you know, like, and then... It happened to that just... guy that the, the music composer of the Tokyo Olympics, mm-hmm. right? He had done something which... Uh, Several years yeah, ago. Yeah. So you can do it. You can take that interpretation that, you know, but like uh, nobody is perfect and uh, no human being, even Obama said that, that no human being is perfect. And that's, if that's all you got, like, you know, I will not talk to you. I will not talk to you. I'll play on my side of the park. You know, you play on your side of the park and then like the two parties should never mix. The two genders should never mix, you know, the, and then that's, that's not the solution, right? How is the solution going to emerge? Are we interested in solutions? Do we want the left and right to understand each other one day and maybe come up with a middle path? Or do we think that it's my playground and that's your playground? You play there, I play there. It depends how you view. It's philosophical, I think, more than uh, logical. Go ahead, Anand. Also, it has repercussions for media, I think, uh, Mm. because in the last 10, 12 years, 
most of the alternative media that is digital media that has come from say different ideological spectrum from left to right they are they have come basically to counter something now when you come to counter something you limit your uh, horizons because uh, and that's where mainstream is still becomes important because it is not there to counter something so uh, it's mandate uh, say even today the mainstream players how they most of them became mainstream players because in india before independence most of the newspapers were just uh, launched for anti colonial movement but after independence they thought that they have to be in news business go mainstream and be a news provider analyst or commentator whatever now in you comes 2010 then you have again a, uh, you can say a spurt of uh, digital platforms which are there to counter something we i have to counter this i have to counter that then you are losing the mainstream space because uh, of uh, the kind of uh, subscribers you have or a kind of people who are come um, provi providing you traffic so exclusion exclusion of different voices i think leads to this um, not very good true Yes. I think yeah, I mean, but there is business. Way, Sorry, Manisha, you go first. I think yeah. a very good way to discuss this issue is actually this is something that I was thinking of last week, where India Today had done a story on one of the women who've been arrested in this Bully Bai case, Shweta, and basically it spoke about how she's lost her mother to cancer and uh, father to COVID last year, and there was so much outrage among prominent maybe media people of liberal or left persuasion that how India Today is justifying. you know and there i think it's very dangerous for journalists to ascribe to this it's almost the same as when the right went after barkhadat when she you know spoke to burhan wani's father and said he's headmaster's son or whatever so just because you don't like this person and whatever crimes they may have committed doesn't mean a journalist is not going to engage and figure out what led to that or understand radicalization and i see that with a lot of conversations around bully bai case that these guys are just despicable and why is media reporting on their family backgrounds and this is to generate sympathy i don't view it like that i think i don't think explaining where a person comes from means generating sympathy for that person and you had that piece in guardian right and where they uh, looked at the profile of the rapists in the december 16th case. yeah that's what i was thinking about it it, so it was yeah india today yeah. is not a guardian i mean they haven't written it in such intricacies as the guardian had probably hasn't done justice to the radicalization aspect but you see that now with merely reporting on uh, a news event has also become so polarized that people want the news report also to you know be in the way that they want to see that person and i think that's very dangerous for journalists i think all of us should report on the background of these people who've been arrested if we want to know if you want to clear a picture of you know what's happening around where them. they come from yeah very good point chetan you were saying no i think but the 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 other side is there is business to be done in the picking sides business like um subscribers a lot and i think it must be a very a big pressure on someone like a news laundry whose mandate is not to take sides i think and it is to clean up the news or to dhulai sabki dhulai is the tagline but it is much easier to build a subscriber base when you emotionally connect to them and then emotional connection only comes when you appeal to what their existing opinion is and that's why the wire is the wire and op india is op india and even on youtube when you see a video the algorithm takes you to the rabbit hole we've seen that documentary um in which basically it'll show you the video that is similar to that and before you oh, know yeah. it 
you're getting more and more so i think it, it as a content creator just pure content creator terms you it becomes like you have to be really funny like new senses to get noted but it becomes really difficult to not pick a side and and still get uh, noticed and keep your brand it's difficult for me it's much easier much much easier if i suddenly start tweeting in favor of or against the government I'm yeah of course your it. engagement just goes up i've noticed that it just shoots up yeah i've, I've noticed that i mean if, but uh, just two points i want to make quickly uh and then you know chetan will let you go uh because it's getting evening over there in singapore i can see but one thing is that i think the point that anand made uh, and i think it's uh, it's very true you know even though we are in court against the times group and i can't stand what their channel stands for i still read the times of india for the news reporters because the network of reporters is huge and the mainstream's relevance will remain significant because a lot of their job is just to cover the news and not you know react to anything hmm. but anand i don't think that is so much a function of intent as it is of scale and i can tell you from uh, you know just with raman sir or me like when we started news laundry and i was playing the role of ceo and editor and we had three people I, everything would go through me clearly my preferences came up i mean i i'm sure there was it was not a coincidence and not that i was rejecting anyone any was anything was submitting that there were not too many pieces that were say critical of you know a certain ideology or a grouping that i was associated with but as it became eight reporters 10 reporters 15 reporters i don't even get to see half the stuff that goes up so there's no question of me agreeing or disliking or rejecting anything on rahul shivshankar's show i would be surprised if anything that ideological he disagrees with goes but on the larger channel it may so if tomorrow news laundry was 500 reporters i can tell you it didn't matter what i wanted or didn't want you can't control them scale gives you that ability not intent so i don't think it has anything to do with wanting to be pro or anti because i don't think vineet jain or the jains have any uh, you know commitment to honest reportage or we will keep it a, a, a big tent where all ideologies are welcome i don't think they give a shit it is just that you cannot control such a large bunch of people who are writing uh so it's only scale it is not intent that that is my first point second point is the algorithms don't always work because i'm getting a lot of pop up ads for rajni gandha and i have never had pan masala in my life i really don't know where they coming from we don't know what you've been browsing abhinand <laughs> and the dark alleys where you go to see mujra it tracks if you you were going to see mujra then <laughs> because i may have seen mujra जैसे ये रजनीगंधा कहता होगा आई एम जस्ट गेसिंग आई मीन दैट्स लाइक दैट आई मीन इफ यू आर रजनीगंधा यू वुड से राइट टारगेट माय ऐड टू ऑल द मुजरा वाचर्स सो आई एम जस्ट सेइंग मे बी यू वॉच मुजरा वीडियोस आई मीन यू कैन नॉट गो एंड वॉच मुजरा दीस डेज बट राइट वीडियोस इन माय केस आई इवन इफ आई थिंक समथिंग एंड इट स्टार्ट्स रिफ्लेक्टिंग ऑन द स्क्रीन यार इट आई मीन दोस थिंग्स जस्ट स्टार्ट कमिंग इट्स यू आर राइट इट्स वेरी स्केरी इट इज वेरी स्केरी um but uh, any questions for chetan before we let him go with a recommendation for our audience or any input to what we were discussing manisha raman sir anand i want to know about chetan's new role as a youtuber where he's giving life lessons and gyan yes i watched some of them by the way thank you and i i never thought you will be the target audience manisha no but, i really hey. like watching these you know i mean even though i'm married i don't need to but i really like watching these advice ki break up se kaise ubro types i just think it's it's really is that that's what, what you're manisha is watching chetan is that's that what manisha is no that is just one of the 530 videos that's one that's the one she chose to watch I, there are videos on investments <laughs> on like no but there's a lot that no there are a lot of videos yeah. where you're telling young people on how to survive like emotional up here yeah yeah so it is to see i used to do Not motivation talk on girls how to you know like find love yes. and all that 
So, so what? It's your yes. channel, uh, Chetan. This is your baby alone, or it's with someone? It's just mine. It's okay. actually uh, came about because I was trying to get to Singapore with my families. I was in Mumbai during COVID, and I was coming via Dubai, and I was for very strange reasons stuck there for eighty days and couldn't travel back to India or to Singapore. So I had nothing to do. Eighty so, days, uh, you were stuck in Dubai. Yeah, and Damn. so I thought, I'll. What do I do now? So I started making YouTube videos. And uh, that kind of did very well. There's uh, half a million subscribers now. I just started six months back, and it's very, it's not produced as Manisha would has seen the videos. They're very simple. Very like talking to the camera. Basically. But yeah, it's talk to camera pieces. But you know, I was very skeptical on motivation, but I do think uh, it works. And uh, even today in the podcast, I mentioned some things about neurochemistry and things like that. How our dopamine circuits work. Those are all scientific things. and i think just helping people become a better version of themselves so it's not like i'm a relationship guru but what happens to young people is they'll have one breakup and then for two years they are just uh, gone like they're just not able to function properly and those two years are the critical ones where they are to get into college or prepare for an exam so i think that particular video was on that on how you can quickly bounce back so it wasn't so much relationship but how to get back on track So that's been an amazing journey, and I'm learning a lot about content, and that's why these rabbit holes and how it all works. It's it's very interesting, and uh, yeah, I hope to keep doing more of that. What are the uh, most sort of requests you get from young people? Like, what are the topics that they want you to cover in terms of motivation or self help? Yeah, so I think they they do. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah videos on how to get over phone addictions how to get over laziness they tend to be quite popular and yes videos on you know um, like mujhe chhod gayi and ab main kya karu like you know or like mujhe chhod gaya but 80% of my audience so is what, what, what think, is your advice and i'm just curious so chetan what advice you give abhinandan <laughs> this is hafta you don't want to hate mail people saying why calling this guy no but it is to it it is about engaging in yourself putting yourself first it is about you know the person who left you is not giving you income that person who left you is not giving you fitness the person who left you is not giving you muscles why are you crying so much over them what were they giving you that is so great that you know so it's just a perspective on and i think it can change people can change uh, their lives if if they hear the right things and they reset their brain and i know it sounds very one of those tony robbins and seminar kind of business but it's free my channel is free there's no winners yeah, don't so do this... different things winners do things differently yeah so it has that <laughs> it has a shady kind of you know the industry has but it has really evolved to now scientific studies on seeing what it works so wherever possible i try to read scientific articles and then simplify them make it in like that chetan bhagat language and present them that's that's really the right. model okay, okay. interesting anand and in fact uh, that would be my recommendation also okay uh, no but is, before uh, that anand raman you have any questions for him or any any input on what we were discussing media stuff uh, should act I, more So we 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 are looking forward to see him in, uh, in different avatars. The couple, <laughs> the couple. Yeah. Anand, you were saying? No. Um, has there been any of your books which has not been read well? I don't know. I think see, uh, I, I they're pretty equal in terms of Amazon ratings. If you go to Amazon and see my books, the ratings tend to be quite similar. The number of ratings also tends to be quite similar. So I think they've all been pretty well received so far. the challenge today is for writers is to make sure books are read it's not yeah, just yeah exactly um, it's it's so books padho that is a thing padho. correct kisi ko padho and i think getting the because the attention of people is shifting the phone is so 
cheap and it's so it's a wonder box really so getting people to read text is difficult and like we are literally dealing with a generation they may have never read a book no not just outside text. of their text so, Jeta, not just text it is reading a book i'll tell you in my case i when i was in my 20s and my 30s even my early 30s i used to read a lot especially my 20s because you have so much bloody time here and i can quote stuff from you know shame or the great gatsby uh, yeah. you know a the amount of books i read has dropped dramatically in the last 5 to 10 years because you are reading a lot but not books you're reading long form yeah. reading articles that is one thing your news consumption so you're still reading but not books and secondly i mean i don't know what to make of it maybe it's age and i would like to know the rest of the no, no, the, view on this a, it's a chronic is it it's not uh, age. even when i pick up a book it is very unlikely it will be fiction i'll pick up a non fiction hmm. pick up biography autobiography i'll i'll pick up something by it's just is it is it age is it technology and that's tragic cuz i used to really enjoy reading fiction and i just hardly read fiction is has anyone else observed that in their habits yes i i mean i have observed it in mine and i'm a fiction writer and uh, that's why i started the youtube channel because that's all non fiction that's all motivation stuff may who knows maybe there'll be a motivation book one day from there but i luckily came at a time 2004 my first book came out at a time where books like people re- read a lot of books they would share them in hostels you know there'd be one copy of a book and once you finish you give it to me like that kind of stuff people used to read books in trains people used to have conversations in trains people used to do rishtas in trains i know i personally know people mm. who have literally were sitting in opposite berths and they met and they got their kids married today if you go in an indian train everybody's on their phone all the time right it's very simple it's very it's just so i think the there is only so much attention and now the world's biggest corporations are like really trying very hard to get your um, attention and there is just too much content out there this is too much fiction content this is like amazing shows on netflix you and i have not watched so mm. it fiction gets difficult i'm still lucky i have a brand i have a social media presence i can sell my books but i i guess i i can't do it again and any new writer i mean i i, I really hard. feel yeah yeah you yeah. you are unless you're okay to be a writer and not be writing books you understand right right you if doing content there's a lot lot of room for content on on substack or medium or something yeah anand raman you have anything no, so, to add uh, to that? there is so much being written means every now chetan is very very lucky to be he is being read but uh, there are hundreds of hundreds books coming out every week and uh, it's not just a metaphor i really feel bad for say i think it's one of the saddest sights in the world that when you see vendors or even a small shopkeepers with unsold goods throughout the day staring at the street it reminds me of people who write who are not read who who, who just write for sake of writing and uh, yeah i compare them with those uh, people who sell goods uh, who, uh, who try to sell goods whole day but are not sold and mm. they go back but and i'll most, tell you something oh, most of sorry, writers are like that and not only book writers even mm. people who write columns people who write long pieces they are not read and they put a lot of efforts in that and a, a very a very tiny section of people maybe because of different reasons not always quality 
they, they get red and uh, that's a depressing sight um, and uh, all bombardment of content or, or information overload a lot of things have played that role yeah i'm i'm definitely not being red for quality so um i'm red only for my good looks which is fine <laughs> by me no But, I, um, it was not i i i'm just uh, it's okay i can take a joke uh, but uh, i think what is interesting is none of this is discussed in any literary festival that how mm. do we make people read more books how people are reading less books literary festivals are all about la di da and this and that and i i just feel like you know the people who they are they are in a very different zone if you've ever gone to a jaipur lit fest or something it's like it's a complete elite kind of you know and, and you it's a celebration it's it's a mela kind of thing but you know, celebration and everybody's trying to show what good taste they have in reading for some reason people are really obsessed whenever you start a twitter thread on the best books you've read come two days later and pe- the most esoteric books will be written there so it's just you know people need to read chetan people just you should say that we are i think exactly mm-hmm. the same age um, maybe a few months yeah. apart uh, do you remember there was one spot it was like i think a 2 minute spot about reading books that you should read more books do you remember it yeah this was in mtv of all places this is when mtv wasn't an indian mtv when satellite tv had just come to india it was in 1992 in the summer of 1992 is when dish antenna came to india and you had four channels mtv bbc prime sport and uh, mtv bb prime sport star plus star plus gtv was nahi z to came in late 90s Z, I'm saying when cable TV had just come, Iraq war के या yeah, 92, 92, 92 summer को दारे में हमारे board exam खत्म हुए थे, दिल्ली आए थे हम और दो महीने बाद there was this, there was this spot on MTV and this was there was no Indian VJs and all. Indian MTV started about five years later, four years later. It was like MTV used to do these things, spots like really weird. So uh, it, I'm paraphrasing. It said something along the lines of, let me just, it was a Western name obviously that Jack realized. that he had he was slowly turning into an insect and he could not think and before he knew it and it was the the metamorphosis car like basically it was that you've turned into an unthinking couch potato insect and in the end text pe likha aata tha read more books mtv used to have this spot can you imagine and yeah I'm, we don't do that anymore we just don't I mean, do I, it, a spot was made by mtv telling its young audience read more books or your mind will become like that of an insect and i think they had played on the metamorphosis Uh, I mean something along the lines, but yeah, just want to share that. But Chetan, yeah, give us your recommendation before you leave us. Yeah, of course we've talked about decoupled. So whoever has not seen it, you guys can see it. I think uh, you guys may have heard of this this uh, wonderful podcast on YouTube. I listen to called Huberman Lab. Uh, who is a Stanford professor? Uh, I think Andrew Huberman, and he uses all scientific research to uh, make two-hour-long. podcast on almost everything on from motivation to fitness to sleep to aging and uh, all the experiments done on rats and mice and human beings and it's fascinating stuff it's scientific and uh, it's it's really it can change your life it can really change how you look at the world and why we do certain things we do uh, from a neuro perspective and i really would really recommend it's it's really gold mine of information which is for free on youtube right Thank you, Chetan, and thank you for giving us so much time. Uh, hope thank to you, see you in uh, Delhi soon, and then you can yes, come to us. Yes, I'll be studio. coming for the elections. Yes, I'll be coming for the election day. Maybe I'll be on one of the your channels, which is your friend. So please say hi on my behalf. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. That's why you. I never to comment on them when you bring them up. I'm like zip. <laughs> 
हमारा तो भाई सबका साथ सबका विकास है सबका साथ आप तो मोदी जी हैं आप तो राइटर्स के मोदी जी हैं इट्स यू कड लर्न फ्रॉम पॉलिटिशियंस व्हाट दे हैव टू टीच यू व्हिच इज दैट देयर आर नो फ्रेंड्स एंड एनिमीज कम ऑन लाइफ इज टू शॉर्ट फॉर ऑल दैट जस्ट यू नो ओके एंड दैट वाज आई विश ट्विटर ट्विटर वुड लर्न दैट पॉलिटिशियंस ट्विटर सपोर्ट्स ऑल द ट्विटर फैंस इफ ओनली दे न्यू that in the evening all these politicians of different parties hang out with each other maybe sharing a drink together chatting i mean you know that happens right not does, anymore bro it does happen no it very few sir if you were to compare it to 10 to 15 years ago yes hmm. today no chance no no it no? does happen i no, no. i was i was i was uh, you know with the minister when i heard uh, he taking uh, this mulan singh yadav's call and mulan singh yadav was asking for a favor and he said consider it done whatever uh they do have certain political correctness which is why it's called political correctness is that they will not they 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 are courteous they will never get into this vile abusive combat with each other publicly ever some fact, of them will some won't but if you if you we'll save this discussion for another day so i love news laundry i love times now i love everybody <laughs> Okay, Chetan. <laughs> on your message of hope and love, go uh, wear the peace sign around your neck and smoke a doobie, but not in Singapore because no, you'll be killed no. at once. <laughs> even in India, man. Right. Nobody's smoking up those things anymore. <laughs> What are you even talking about? That's no. true. That's true. I think so. Okay, okay. then. Thanks, thanks, Take Chetan. Care. Bye. Have okay. fun. Bye, Binandan. Bye. 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 All right. Now, before we go to the emails, I would just like to make. The announcements once again we have an election coming up in five states we will have i think 12 or 14 people traveling across the country including our very own manisha so do contribute to the nlsna project we need your help to make sure they have enough resources to cover the election in a robust uh, manner and we also have a three year subscription plan which gives you 8000 rupees off so go to newsrun.com and subscribe and encourage your friends and relatives and other people too because If you've been seeing what's happening on the ad scene in India, uh, you'll be shocked at how public money is spent to fund media, which then is only serving those who provide them with the ads. And the money going in is enormous; it's at a different level. So, on that note, Manisha, let's get to the emails of the week, and we have so many. By the way, Lippy, have we added any more? Because I had requested people not to write because we had so many oh, left over. We have, we have for this week also. Oh dear. So guys, until we go through these letters, can I request you not to write because we don't want to leave out too many letters because uh, so many of you write. So we'll just give it time. I think we have something. And finish this off today, like read very <laughs> quickly. Yes. So Yamanisha, please go ahead. So Aksh says, "Hi, NL team. Love your work. We need more news organizations like you. I have two requests. Can you do a report on PFAS, Forever Chemicals, use and regulation in India?" as of now no regulation exists there are tox they are quite toxic and can use can cause serious damage to the human body it's also the main subject of the movie dark waters starring mark ruffalo and the book exposure which the movie is based on pfas are used in food packaging waterproof cosmetics non stick pans etc countries in the eu have already started regulating them following is controversial so please omit or refrain it entirely if needed should i refrain this 
should i vote is it possible that the vitriol being spewed currently is not for extremist hindus but extremist muslims so that they could do something horrible and then in retaliation things get even worse case in point mumbai 1992 who knows pfas is i'm sure down to earth has done some good reporting on that to generally look at these things quite closely but yeah maybe we can hmm. and second is i think it's ascribing a lot of evil motive when people are probably just simply hateful i mean there's just too much scheming here being ascribed maybe it's just nature you know it's it's just their nature to like this dharan sansad guys i don't think they are scheming and thinking ki ab hum isse muslims ko radicalize karenge aur fir attack hoga they are just they are they are what they are that's it sakib sheik says hello everyone we as a muslim community now for sure know that these things sully deals bully deals hardwar genocide calls stopping of friday namaz lynching love jihad etc are all backed by the state but one thing hurts us the silence of the majority which nourishes these goons and endorses their evil ideology the bare minimum they should do is stand with us and at least second our truth all of the above is being done in the name of saving hinduism is the above allowed in hinduism if no then why don't hindus come forward outcast them and say that these goons are non hindus i mean nothing from the community of 100 crore followers is being done and we see this clearly when isis and their brutality was at its peak mostly all muslims celebrities politicians across the world denounced outcasted and fought and eventually defeated them at every masjid pulpit by every islamic scholar isis was condemned is expecting at least the above too much from the majority i think that's a very good point by sakib hey, i i think that's uh, i mean it's not no one is doing it and everyone was doing it i think there are outliers in both case for example in gurgaon the namaz a lot of hindus actually had landed up and uh, you know were kind of standing in protest wanting the yeah one offered his shop also uh, and there were sikhs who offered the yes the, the sikhs i mean of course that was then could not work out for other reasons but there were people who stood but yes i do believe that a lot more can stand in fact i think strategically if there is a you know some chandi mata group that comes up and and they not need not be submissive they should also be as aggressive as the nutters and claim that space i think it will send a message but yes i i don't see anyone doing that is unfortunate but i do disagree that every uh, muslim and every scholar condemned isis uh, i remember seeing enough well not enough but a few who kind of were either soft in condemning them or kind of said that you know they are an outcome uh, of of a legitimate ideology so yeah that's my take on this eldritch rebello says nareesh fernandez's comment about attacks against indian christians happening on the margins requires a bit of context regarding who exactly is on the margins of the indian christian community he and i for that matter are catholics from the konkan we have tremendous privilege in numbers wealth established communities and social supports at under 5% of the indian christian community we however are the fringe a fringe with privilege and a voice but still the fringe The majority of Indian Christians are not Catholics, do not live in cities, and are spread thin across the country. His and my experiences from the Tony confines of Bandra are not representative of the broader Indian Christian community, and I don't think we are able to do justice to the issue. That's true. For example, in Punjab, most of the Christians are what you call Mazhabi Sikhs, the Dalits, and quite quite on the margins. Yeah, th- that's true. But that's true for most communities. I mean, I think the four of us sitting here don't do justice to the Indian kind of. cross section of society but oh. I, i mean i think um like i i remember when we tried to have a very representative panel during media rumble uh, from uh, you know that we had enough representation from the northeast uh, not just on a northeast panel but on every panel you know with gender uh, one of the persons uh, from the northeast said all the people who are from the northeast uh, none of them represent the minor tribes they only represent major tribes so within that representation also there was inadequate representation So yeah, I think it's true, uh, but I don't think 
it's i think it's still a step forward from some sort of representation which one can have but yeah as an observation i think edric what you're saying is correct then this email is from n hello everyone i sporadically pay for the news run subscription because i love the awful and awesome podcast and it's fun asking stuff from abhinandan and rajshree unlike most of your subscribers i'm not paying for independent media if you read everyone's emails i wouldn't pay i'm in the top 1% though at the very bottom of the top 1% in india based on the data from credit suisse and the world inequity report most of your regular subscribers must be at least the top 2-3% because the rest can't afford to buy your subscription the wealth of our top 2-3% is based on oppressing the poor it is not possible for us to be so wealthy in a more humane and fair world providing good free education only means more competition for our children everything news laundry stands for is a threat to the top 2 and 3% and yet these people pay you what does this mean are these people delusional or are they not a real threat to the system of oppression that keeps people like me rich My and God. that is a very profound thought and question what he soch soch kya although I-, i do have an answer for this one is that people don't think so far ahead uh i think it is an instinctive emotional response the subscription and when it is an analyzed response then it is you subscribe to stuff like money control because you want advice on investment uh, otherwise it's an emotional response and b it's the same question that someone asked um, um yeah, I, i'm so bad with names who's the documentary filmmaker who made fahrenheit 911 michael moore <laughs> that you all your documentaries are trashing the system that actually pays for them the studios etc so he said there is a crack in the middle of capitalism and that crack is a self defeating crack because they want immediate profit and my documentary can give them that now they don't say what my documentary is doing is it you know ranting against capitalism or not if they get 100 million from a 50 million investment they'll go for it so i am using capitalism to destroy capitalism so <laughs> that's what he said and uh, but yeah i mean I, i don't think there's an easy answers in that for what you're saying and then this one is from anonymous hi guys fox news makes more money than cnn or msnbc same applies to the right wing channels in india so there is a big market for right wing commentators arnab completely sold out and maybe worth close to 1000 crore he also seems to have lost weight so selling your soul doesn't seem to have any negative consequences do you think anand ranganathan just saw an opportunity to make money and abandoned all principles i didn't know that he started at cambridge on a scholarship he's obviously intelligent do you think a lot more people especially the young who may have leftist and liberal leanings will just cosplay as right wingers because that's better career path how much has this already happened uh, actually um, anonymous uh, a lot you'd be surprised many people are doing this purely for economic reasons yeah. and not ideological uh, and intelligence has nothing to do with having a moral compass just fyi it's not connected at all manisha all yours uh, okay anonymous says hi abhinandan then i was watching your interview no i i wanted to come in later yes please i think career opportunities play out both ways means uh, i think cultural establishment in india is still miss our doors to many with a very different point of view and publishing industry even if you see major print english newspapers they may not be very well coming to a particular kind of view television may be a different ball game so uh, i don't think it uh, is even and there is not such a straight path that it will give you in, in academia like say academia is still very hostile to a certain kind of and say what you say right of the center stream so uh, it is not that way or and mr rangnathan uh, see uh, th- and that may be a career call or not i don't know 
but here he he uh, used if you were uh, trying to assimilate views news and perspectives you should not be looking at whether he is coming from right or left or this so uh, every platform will leave out something and uh, or every commentator will leave out something uh, in arguing something you have to bring an aggregate of that to have a ringside view uh, Mr. Rangnathan here had made many constructive interventions also when he was here, and uh, it is not that uh, he was always uh, off the mark. He made constructive interventions, and also you have to appreciate one more thing in a panel when you have uh, you are the lone voice arguing one point, and four and five people are not arguing that. Uh, the other four complement each other and a very heavy workload is on you so i think he did that uh, for the points he argued admirably well yeah uh, then the next mail us on many things like for example on the ram mandir thing you know we were broadly on the same thing where and he went a step ahead saying that it should be reconstructed so i mean a lot of his views have also changed and i don't think he'd ever say that on times now today no, no i think i mean he's done a complete 180 on so many views i i don't think that dramatic a change happens because of either a environment change or a panel change that kind of change happens only because you see a certain relevance i mean i have my own take i mean i don't want to get into the details of of what i think of him but uh, yeah like i said he's very intelligent and like i said intelligence has nothing to do with having a moral compass i just don't believe that one can go from black to white until something significant changes and that significant change can be either external or internal and the the stimuli for that can be you know either, either emotional or or uh, relevance as far as the social uh, setup is concerned but i was talking to my former boss alpana uh, and and uh, she was here on hafta last week and i was asking her that many of the people who we see on panels uh, on sorry in newsrooms uh, we've known them when they were regular you know young reporters and they were friends and she said, and I completely agree with her, she says that these are people who could never imagine that they would be so close to power. And that alone is an incentive enough for them to say whatever it needs to be said to be close to power. Uh, and that I, th I think that's very true. Okay. So next letter is by Anonymous says, uh, Hi Abhinandan, I like watching your interview with Manoj Tiwari after Delhi elections. During the interview, he had offered to do long form interview with you. Did you guys try and set that up and did it ever happen? If not, can you please share why not? Well, we tried. Uh, he did not. Um, he did not do it. Yeah. Yes, we asked him after that. He 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 said, "Ha, karenge baad mein, baad mein," but he clearly was not interested. Fezan says, "I really like this the weekly discussion by the eminent people of Hafta. I have been hearing a lot about Invermectin success in UP on Joe Rogan's podcast by some controversial medical professions professionals." They always mention the huge success UP had with Invermectin and defeated COVID with that. I can't recall seeing something like that on Indian media. Have you heard about this success anywhere? No, I haven't. So, I mean, I will tell you on um, the success, the data. And I think this is an Indian thing. Indians don't go by data that much and they go by experience. And someone wrote a piece around this. Um, do any of you know on the panel there was a piece around this? Was it in the Express or the Times of India or did I read it elsewhere? And it was in the context of this whole thing of COVID only that Indian doctors are not going by data. They're going by experience. It works. So we are not going to go by what I, what, uh, you know, the, the world health organization guidelines are. So yes, I have, I have uh, heard from many people in India uh, that Indian doctors are not following what uh, WHO is. Uh, but in the there's no data to prove success. Is there like, there's no, no there's, come out. I mean, 
ஒரு Okay so Devi says first of all um well done team for the stuff you do at news laundry wish you all a happy new year in reference to last hafta i wish you explored a little more about what jami jami said about professional responsibility this goes to the heart of the malice in indian culture this in turn is rooted in the caste system which is not much explored by your reporting the ews reservation has had a fair share in tamil press not just the ews but neat the changes to reservation etc is that because there has been a caste based progressive ideas in tamil society if that is yes do media digital do digital media and legacy have a responsibility to highlight the caste issue and spread positive progressive ideas thanks and keep up the good work but i have read a lot of stories in, in mainstream english media also on the reservation aspect of this in fact oh. that is the crux of it so well uh, one thing that you say is uh, because uh, there has been a caste based pro- progressive idea in tamil society that absolutely the periyar movement is the biggest caste movement probably you know followed closely by some in the north uh, but the biggest political impact was there so yes clearly that has an impact on how it's covered over there but i agree with you that the caste angle is a very important angle in a lot of regular stories which is not done enough justice by anyone yeah Uh, anonymous says i love your work i want to say that your ground reports are really great but i think a lot of people still don't know that nl does ground reports i mean your shows like nuisance and tippany and podcast people know about them many people in my friend circle know about news laundry through podcasts and shows but they didn't know that you guys are reporting as well maybe you should focus on promoting that a bit more also wanted to know how you decide who produces what like does it depend on what they are interested in more and their knowledge in certain areas or is it just a random decision also it would be great to hear your team for a change on podcast like your producers and editors i know reporters have a podcast but what about the producers wow he's really like uh, wants to see what the producers say okay lippy please how do they produce shows and do they also have opinions about topics discussed on podcast shows they produce oh i'm studying film making and production so he wants to know <laughs> okay the producers point of view no in at news laundry no one ever gets what they're interested in doing we find their interest and give them the exact opposite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> it's it kind of evolves yeah it's it's i mean it's um i think it's within each department um but uh, i mean interest has some to do with it but some is just delivery yeah. and i think when you're producing it's i don't know how much you are really interested in the theme is relevant i mean i don't think the producers of constitution of like you know policy geeks but they were as enthusiastic about it as they are about nuisance and there have been some common editors and producers for both and i the level of enthusiasm was the same for both so that's what my experience has been yeah and producers then of course help with uh, i mean of course they can have their own ideas also so they do and we have a team and everyone's assigned a show i think all producers have a show or two to do yeah so that's how it works uh harsh says hi nl team as Again end semester exam approaches covid cases are on the rise but university has declared the schedule and is conducting examination offline ensuring that all covid protocols will be followed which is a joke in itself i don't understand why they can't conduct it online as they've done in previous semesters and why they want us to sacrifice and why they want to sacrifice us in the fire of daily rapid rising cases 
Can you guys do a story covering the plight of students in this existing pandemic situation? And in previous hafta, where Abhinandan talked about cowardice becoming a virtue was spot on and very thought-provoking. Personally, I feel it all starts from elementary level. I've seen my many parents and teachers playing a part in that. I feel some of them kind of embrace it like their favorite dialogue that you're turning your sledger into admittedly delicious but totally unnecessary wine. A long joke. A joke after my long run. Your thoughts on this? So my thoughts on this, Harsha. Uh, I mean, hopefully, I'll complete a piece on that of cowardice being a virtue soon because we see too many demonstrations of that. Uh, but uh, you know, when it comes to ideologically kind of aligning yourself for for your relevance or professional advancement, uh, it's a bit easier to do it, and that's my view. If if you are to compete with right wing intellectuals, and I think uh, Swapan Das Gupta himself had written a piece that there is a deficiency of so called right wing intellectuals. I mean, you just have to rant and rave, and that's kind of enough. Whereas whether you agree or disagree with people like Guha or Romila Thapar or you know you have to have a certain intellectual heft of having read and written to even if you found find their stuff problematic or incorrect to take them on. Whereas uh, you don't have to do much. I mean you can be a very average red person like me uh, to take on the right wing intellectuals uh, because they are even worse red than me. Whereas I mean I I don't see myself being able to have an informed debate with you know people who are academics. but maybe that's because the congress is in power so long so they just kind of gave rise to that maybe it will be the same if the bjp is in power for that long but not not right now yeah i think it's it's uh, and when it comes to cowardice people like following rahul roshan he used to come to news laundry a lot of those people you see they never articulated what they are articulating now so you didn't even know what they thought so i mean it's not like people are not articulating how much they dislike the hindu right or you know how committed they are to secular values but many of these people who are going nutters are outright bigots i've known some of these people for 15 20 years they've never uttered a word so i don't know how you suddenly become like that or you were like that all along but didn't have the guts to say it which is why cowardice is celebrated today that, that's my take but i think we'll save the rest of the emails for next week because we've run way over time so we have about 5 emails left maybe 6 we will save these for next week because uh, aviral aryan parvaz anon girdhar uh one more and on mail and uh, savitri we shall read your emails next time although savitri's we can read now savitri says why is the latest hafta only 30 minutes as a new subscriber i'm very disappointed this is the main reason for my subscription savitri i don't know uh I, lippy a producer saying i think you heard the chota hafta mm. for the full hafta you get a how how does the subscriber listen to the full hafta lippy they get they have to get access through the podcast through the web page right so savitri you may be going directly to apple you will not get the full hafta there unless you you know copy paste the link which subscribers are sent but if you come through the website you'll get access to the full hafta so on that note uh, i'll ask everybody to subscribe once again but uh, let's get the recommendations for the week from our panels so let's start with you raman sir well i this time i had gone to this uh, jim corbett's museum and there are uh, you know two three letters uh, on display which he wrote in 1955 uh when he was in kenya and he was writing to his friends and and you know whatever he wrote at that time i find it so true even today so this time i clicked those letters and uh, you know his view of india and he sounds so much more indian like uh, than us i mean so so i was pretty impressed so uh, these letters were written in uh, in a on a typewriter uh i think they were retrieved and then they were they were photographed and they were put on display 
so i i i have taken the pictures so i would like to uh, you know put up those letters for the for our uh, readers to read and uh, you know they should they will they will find that they are also struggling with the same issues even today so those letters that's it right anand okay so two recommendations i think uh, first is about universities and uh, there is something that is happening in indian universities which is far more important than the university news that has got covered in last 2 3 years and that is uh, the entrance the admission um, process of universities are being overhauled in the central universities now you will have du genu and at undergraduate and pg levels um, pg level was earlier also through entrance but uz like in delhi university would be entrance based so this uh, annual ritual of um, marks aspiring marks 100% marks that would be a thing of past now there has been a debate around it which has uh, not found much coverage in alternate as well as mainstream media so i would like to recommend a good document of this uh, cuct entrance uh, examination pattern that is with ministry of education and you should go through the document i think it would have far reaching impact on the entrance uh, process to indian universities in the decade to come uh second is uh, a book by pavan verma the former diplomat and now i think he is in tmc and uh, it is uh, called the great hindu civilization achievement neglect bias and the way forward so he has uh, in a historical sense as well as in contemporary sense assessed a uh, lot of original material and historical debates around and uh, argued that uh, there is a kind of opinion which tries to distance itself uh, from the civilizational uh, heritage of the uh, hindu civilization just because it may get into the pol- current politics of glorifying it but uh, he says that uh, the charge of bias and neglect is real but so has been some problematic uh, extreme uh, extreme elements uh, achievement uh, so uh, coming from uh, a diplomat a scholar who is uh, well in the lutens uh, considered a part of lutens delhi it's a sig- significant and a brave kind of thing for him to do because he was considered uh, in that li- liberal gang and it's a brave book to write in that sense also he uh, sashish tharoor has also attempted a book like this that why i am a hindu but uh, uh, the problem with mr tharoor is that he, he is uh, not conversant with indian languages he does not uh, he has not done the hard work to learn in any of indian classical languages mr verma has done to a considerable degree though not high competence but done so and that also gives him a edge in his scholarship so i would recommend this book uh, the great hindu civilization achievement neglect bias and the way forward by pavan k verma maybe you can uh, maybe you can interview him that could be nice on the yeah, that, in zoom call zoom in that's a great idea we should do yes, that yes 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 i can do yeah okay we will we'll, we'll figure that out yeah that's a good idea so my recommendation is a documentary on netflix 14 peaks Uh, it's about uh, nirmal pooja and he's called nims who's a nepali climber and he reached the summit of the world's 14 highest mountain uh, did you already recommend this as a documentary film in the past no 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 i recently it's a, it's a beautiful one it's i think really we covered good. it in awful and awesome okay i'm mixing up the podcast 
it's really hmm. watchable it's uh, 14 peaks uh, which are 8000 meters and above and the previous record was 7 years he completed it in like 6 months it's really a riveting watch 15 15 peaks 14 14 14th or 15 14th 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 and i also quite liked the tender bar it's a film directed by george clooney that's just released it was a good Nice movie. Well, I, I, this wasn't one of my recommendations, but I'll just mention it because I was blown away by the Lost Daughter. But I've, rec- uh, I mean, you'll hear the review on the awful and awesome. Really, I thought I thought it was just okay. Oh, it was mind blowing. It just I thought it was a masterpiece. It was uh, the craft of filmmaking taken to a level which very few. And it was her first. It's her debut. I was just blown away. But you did. Uh, uh, I forgot her name, but she's an actor. Um, so this is on Axios. Media experts sound alarm on rise of paywall content. It's a piece written by Sarah Fisher, which is based on a on a report that uh, you know has come up. I, the link of that report is also in the article, which kind of says that paywall content tends to only serve rich people. And uh, it's an interesting read, especially for us because we are although we don't have so much paywall content, almost all our content, rather than like maybe just about eight ten percent, is behind a paywall. But it is something that platforms like ours should be aware of if we don't want to become, you know, that what we set out to kind of fix. Um, so it's a it's a useful read for us and also for you. And maybe you guys can then write in and tell us how do you avoid this. One of the most obvious is they don't put stuff behind a paywall, which we don't do. But from our experience, we also learned that when we pulled Hafta behind a paywall, that's when we saw the biggest spike in subscriptions. So clearly that works. So does that mean we should keep pulling stuff behind the paywall, but then it won't serve everybody like the news should? So it's an interesting kind of challenge that I think digital media will have to take on. So do read it. And the second piece, which I thought was heartbreaking, um, was in the New York Times. After each attack, he carried the wounded. Then he became a victim. It's about this wrestler um, who used to, uh, whenever there was a bomb blast, he'd carry. It's really heartbreaking, and I forget someone sent it to me, but it's. Uh, it's it's a great read uh, and it's really sad and it makes you really feel bad for afghanistan you know how it just wasn't given a chance by anyone in the world and on that note uh, thank you manisha thank you anand and thank you raman sir thank, thank you kareem and thank you lippy for your services and lippy get well soon we hope to see you in office uh, you have valiantly battled through covid and continued to serve the subscribers of news laundry and when jude was recording Two days ago, awful and awesome. I said, "Are you well?" I said, "Jude, why don't you do the appeal for subscription?" Jude stole my heart by saying, "I have got COVID, yet I'm working. Will you not even subscribe?" I was like, "Beta, you are my successor. Anyone who can guilt, who can use his COVID to guilt our subscribers or non-subscribers to subscribe, has to be the one who should take over news laundry." <laughs> I was like, and he did it so convincingly that I was great. Uh, but yeah, uh, see you guys next week. This hafta will be free. just as a new year gift to all of you uh, next one will be behind the paywall so all you move for the hordes who are continue to consume stuff for free if you can afford to please subscribe because if you don't pay for media large corporations governments will and then media will not serve you at least the news media should on that note i'll leave you with this song have a good weekend thank you all bye bye
laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel